You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. Closer to the 100 episode mark, it's episode 95 today. My name's Kyle. And I'm Corey. All right, welcome back, folks. It's been uh, it's been a heck of a week here at Tumbling Saber. Uh, a pretty big week for us. So right off the hop, I want to thank Brandon, Mark, Neil, Dan Solo, and MC Big Wicket, Rob Wade, for becoming powerful friends. And I also just want to extend a quick congrats once again to Mark, Matt, and Steve for winning our Luke figure on our giveaway and Corey, I think we decided that uh, Sabine Wren's next Black Series. Yeah, I thought it made sense. I mean, I'm looking at everything we have, like quite the Trevor tre- uh, treasure trove stocked up now. So I looked at it and I was like, yeah, man, Mandalorian arc coming up right around the corner with uh, Rebels. So I thought it made sense. I, I, I do think that makes sense. And again, it's such a beautiful figure. It is. It was one. Yeah, it was one of those figures I really, really badly wanted to have. And it's worth it. It's a really great figure. So looking forward to giving that out at, at the end of this month. Um, all right, so let's let's uh, let's quickly catch up here, Corey. It's been a while since we've spoken. How how was your weekend? Uh, everything's been good. You know, uh, just continuing. Kind of that the uh, the summer's dwindling now. It was we had that heat wave, but it broke, and still now it's fall weather and it's nice and whatever. We had a party next door for uh, my neighbor, uh, two year old, whatever. Anyhow. Yeah, it was. Uh, it turned out being turned out to be quite the party by the end. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm guessing you, you're talking about it was a party for grown ups at that point. Yeah, I Frank the tanked it. <laughs> I'm sure everybody is completely shocked by that revelation. No, dude, I wanted to go home at like pretty, well, on a pretty decent hour, but everyone's like, "No, you can't go." Uh, it's like okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sure you put up a huge fight. Uh, whatever. Other than that, it was fun, and I did manage to step out on uh, Saturday morning with my neighbor. Actually, we had to pick up some stuff for his son's party, so I said, give me two minutes. I'm headed over to my the toy section of the honey hole, and lo and behold, I, I, I found some pretty sweet stuff again, but I'm not going to be able to disclose what because that wasn't for me. I bought myself some Marvel stuff, which was kind of cool. But, um, so what'd you buy yeah. me? Well, I bought you some, <laughs> some gifts for our powerful friends. Oh, that's good enough. Oh yeah, dude. These are sweet. Again, it's like when you see something and you just know, man, it's like the time is now like you have to do it. Like you have to spring when you see something, you know, or you just, um, cave into your impulses. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> So, uh, no, st- just just Marvel stuff for you this week. No Star Wars goodies. No, I had a peek. Uh, nothing there. I mean, the pegs have been pillaged, really. Uh, Carlos, get back, hit me up. I found a three and three quarter uh, Poe Dameron Black Series. Nice. Yeah, if we got to be the, we got to be Carlos's eyes and ears. Nine ninety seven. Nine ninety seven. 
So anyway, okay, so on, on the topic of uh, collecting, mine's going to be a reverse collecting update as I, I'm dumping a few of my Star Wars items into a charity basket. So I, I went through a couple things, and it turns out I have a couple of duplicate action figures kicking around, so those are going to go find a new home via a charity basket f- uh, to our, our guy who runs a comic book shop in Ontario. The, fan- the fantasy realm. Yeah, he's uh, he's putting together a Star Wars charity basket, so I'm going to be more than happy to contribute to that. So I've got uh, three or four things, at least. I need to go digging a bit more in my my collection here and throw some more stuff in the basket for him. That's awesome. Good job, Kyle. Yeah, not bad, huh? So still, on the topic of sharing, so again, uh, <laughs> I, I won another giveaway via the TSW VIP program, which is bonkers when you consider the percentages of that happening. Yeah, how convenient. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that keeps happening, but... Uh, it's you know, the wills of the force. You guys, you know, it's like the laws of attraction. You guys created the Commonwealth, so it's it's all coming back around like karma right now. X-Wing Luke, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've been very very fortunate. So um, again, thank thank you, Mark, for for treating me so well. Uh, but here's what I'm gonna do. So the prize up this month was uh, the a certain point of view novel. So that's that's on its way to me very soon. Now I tried to have Mark redraw, but fair is fair. And uh, so whatever happens to the book now is sort of my call. So what I want to do with the book is let the Star Wars Commonwealth at large, our you know our, our powerful friends, uh, the TSW VIP community. There's a, there's a ton of overlap there. These are all good friends of ours now. So what I want to do with this book is sort of like I'll, I'll receive it. I'll I'm going to flip through it because I'm going to buy my own copy anyway. It's it's a great cause, so I'm more than happy to plunk down the money for for my own copy. But when I receive this other one, what I want to do is you know. I'll read a story or two, and I'll flip through it. And then what I would like to do is kind of mail it off to another member of the Commonwealth. So we'll, I, my, my dream for this living, breathing... No, it's just this, it's this living, breathing piece of the Commonwealth that will travel the world. So whoever receives it, whoever wants to receive it, you know, I, I suppose whoever wants to, to take part can, can let us know. But everybody signs this thing, and then you know, make a note in the book, mark up the book, write some, you know, wherever you read a passage in the book that sticks out to you, or you think someone else in the Commonwealth would find it funny, you know, circle it, and then, you know, over time, I think this book could really come to be something neat uh, for for our tiny group here, our tiny but growing group. So I, I don't know. What do you think? I like that idea. Kind of reminds me of that. That pirate ship. Oh, what's the name of it? Oh, the one, you know, the one that's a legend that like just sailed the seas unmanned for like 250 years. Really? It's a legend. It's a myth, I think, I hope. Uh, Yeah, that seems to be rather impossible. But yeah, but this could be like that. You know, it's just, it should never come home. It should should just constantly be on the road. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of my hope for it is that enough people. I mean, at some point, this book, it'll be, you know, three, four years down the line. This book will be totally old news. And at that point, who might, who will care? But, oh, you know, one can dream. Well, it doesn't be a nice, nice keepsake for anyone that's big on the Commonwealth. Like at some point, it's going to land and somebody's going to be like, dude, I've, I've had it. Like, I don't need it back. <laughs> so, 
someone is going to pull up the rear and have to hang on to this thing or send it back to me or for you know for safekeeping but yeah i, th- I think at, at the end you know this can, thing could be signed up by all the members of our community or or as many as we can get and look sort of like a a school yearbook yeah i'll I, take a pic i'll take a picture of you wearing like a leather glove caressing it at the end <laughs> and like the sunlight and stuff so there you go so anyway we'll, i guess we'll we'll talk more about this once once it gets underway but I, I think definitely you and I need to sign this thing, and whoever else wants to take part, um, yeah. Well, that's yeah, kind of big. I like it. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, it's a I, different I, idea. I think it's a way to share it with everybody, and have this cool little keepsake of the Commonwealth floating around out there. Anyway, more on that as as time goes on. So, Corey, uh, this week, did you see that that picture of Millie Bobby Brown? What was that? Is that Interview Magazine or whatever magazine it was? Yep. <laughs> Jeez. In the same pose as that famous uh, Leia shot from 77? Yeah, of course. Man, so, okay, so considering the rumbling in parts of fandom and want wanting her to take on that role as a younger Leia, like, that can't be a coincidence that they put that pose together, right? No, of course. It's it's interesting <laughs> when you say it like that because that's the first thing in my, my show notes is basically that Obviously, a lot of people are are looking or paying attention to this, and someone, some people, you know, they got their ears on to the ground on fandom of certain things, and they obviously someone picked up on it. Yeah, some somebody's paying attention over there. Somebody, I mean, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. It's, it, I don't think it's a coincidence, but I also don't think it means anything. Nor do I. They're just, it, it was they're like, just teasing us, right? Yes, but you know. Now, in the back of my mind, it's kind of like, hmm, maybe a bit of foreshadowing, like there's a 5% chance foreshadowing. But it also plays into, I don't know if anyone has seen this, but if you haven't, check it out because it's really cool. But they, the Stranger Things season two, they, they did a series of posters that are reminiscent of old like sci-fi paranormal uh, horror films. And th- they had a certain certain flavor those those covers for on your vhs or those posters anyhow they were almost like painted in a way and anyhow they're really really well done it's a oh fabulous work so good so this kind of plays into that theme as well a bit i guess you know 70s and 80s i guess yeah sure but the similarity and god she just she looks stunning it was great yeah and i mean I don't think anybody doubts that she could absolutely nail Leia. Does anybody, do you think anybody would complain? Like, I think this, this actor, Millie Bobby Brown is so already so well liked that if she was eventually cast as a young Leia, people would be like, yeah, this is amazing. Like, this is a great day for star Wars. No, it's interesting because I was thinking exactly the same thing in the sense that you know, standalone films, what can they do moving forward? You know, most people think we got a Boba Fett film and a Kenobi film, like, all lined up, ready to go. But in reality, like, you know, she's going to be coming of age in the next, what, five to ten years she can play still still play that character? A lot of people are older, older and play younger characters. Um, but either way, she's coming right into that perfect age and... A Leia standalone film makes a lot of sense to me because she's done a lot. You get a taste for it in Rebels with the hammerheads and all that. 
which are seen again in Rogue One. So that kind of came full circle, which is great. And I mean, she's just done so much behind the scenes. It would be really cool to see more. <laughs> more, more, more. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how exciting you could make a, a Leia standalone movie at, at that point of her life. She was just, like, I mean, the, the, we just got the Leia novel, right? And it was just her getting her feet wet with the rebellion, yada, yada, yada. So really, what can you do? That that would be a really tough trick to pull off. Like, it almost feel like shoehorning just because. But maybe, know, can, th- maybe it can lead into Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but yeah, she she's still very young, Millie Bobby Brown. Like, so she could really age into this role. And it, this may be something you only do like 15 years from now or more. Well, it's at 15 years would put her smack dab kind of what 15 years she's 13 so like well it put her after jedi that's for sure oh yeah that was this would put her like squarely into the post jedi years well, if, if they, they want to wait they, that long to do something but then yeah i see adolescence as the best way to exploit her story really to sell on the main screen anyhow on the big screen yeah i don't know about that because you'd you'd be lacking like a lot of the big tent poles from the Star Wars universe. There'd be no, very little about the Force. There'd be nothing about the Jedi. There'd be, like, it'd be a, this would be a very political movie. Well, you can also kind of find out like why Leia is the way she is, why she's so strong, uh, why she's so resilient. Um, you know, like there's plenty of opportunity to build that character even more behind the scenes as a child. As a child of a um, a king or or senator, viceroy. you know, like viceroy. Sorry, but <laughs> come on. Sorry, Mira. But uh, you know, you'd think someone like that would be spoiled, but no, she's the complete opposite. Kind of, she's she's smart. Well, you kind of get she's a bit touchy, <laughs> a rough on the edges at times, but that's all built into her character because she senses all the bullshit in the galaxy. You know. Yeah. Well, at at that point, you're kind of talking about just adapting the Princess Leia novel to the big screen, because all all those things you were talking about, Leia's resilience and resourcefulness, they're kind of all on display in that book. So that's why I question whether or not they put that Leia on a big screen, or even in a TV series. Like it's been kind of captured. Though I, I would I would like to see it. I'm not going to complain about it. Even at that though, it's it's still. It's questionable that they'll even ever go down that route still seeing, you know, everything that happened with Carrie Fisher. Uh, that's pretty, I don't know, to me, it might it might, it might be about like retiring a jersey, you know what I mean? Yeah, just like we're, we're never revisiting this character? Pretty much. Like, she's, that's it, you know? I don't know, never say never, but yeah, you, you might have a point. Anyway, I thought I saw that cover and I was like, come on, really? <laughs> what are you doing to us? That was cool. I loved it. Yeah, loved well, that. you know what? If if It might be one of those Obviously, magazines you might want to just snag if you see it on the rack one day, just in case it turns out that she does pick up that role one day and that becomes, like you said, like that a really famous foreshadowy picture. That would be kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I, I think if I do see it on, on a magazine stand, I will probably pick it up. You put that idea into my head now. Oh, yeah. All right, so moving on here. Star Wars Newsnet confirming the October 9th The Last Jedi trailer release. That's just really a, 
a week from now. So if they're right, Mark Hamill was right after all. So, Corey, we're, are we a week away from the last Jedi trailer? A little bit. A little bit. Well, we, yeah, <laughs> we talked about it last night, right? Like he... That him deleting that tweet has to be more than just a well. This is just I, I didn't mean to ruffle any feathers, so I'm gonna just get rid of the tweet. Nah, you may have messed up, messed up, Mark. No, it's true. I mean, that, there was definitely something uh, fishy about that. There didn't really, you know, it's it's unlike Mark Hamill kind of to. It's so funny though. It's like I don't know if he just if he had like who obviously Lucasfilm told him like, hey, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's like, you know, hey, I'm Luke Skywalker. God damn it. <laughs> well, th- here, there's my question to Lucasfilm. Why are you telling him? Like, I'm sure there's other ways for Mark Hamill to find out. He is Mark Hamill. He's royalty. But if you're Lucasfilm, like, just don't tell him. I, I'm, I'm just assuming that somebody with knowledge at Lucasfilm told him October 9th. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess that for episode 9... They may not tell him anything. He's got that uh, hashtag he likes to use about uh, loose lips, sinking ships, and stuff like that. Well, Mark. (laughs) So anyway, uh, no word on if tickets are going to go on sale at the same time as the trailer. I'm sure it's going to happen sometime in November. Yeah, I mean, for The Force Awakens, they went on sale in October. And then with Rogue One, it was in November. Either way, I'm going to be probably staying up until midnight, burning my eyes out with with fatigue. But uh, do what you got to do, right? But even at that, like, touching back, I had a quick question for you this. Uh, Star Wars Newsnet, we know they're a very reliable source. But even in this article, they're kind of saying, well, this is a really reliable source for us that we're getting the information from so it's not like lucasfilm has officially disclosed this information no yet. no that's 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 yeah that's why i said star wars newsnet is confirming no but like my question is to you when the force awakens came out and i think they did the same thing with uh yeah they did do the same thing with rogue one during the olympics i mean there was some hype around that there was there was an announcement saying the trailer will be aired on said date for Star Wars during this show, during Monday Night Football, or uh, sometime during the Olympics. Now, how long beforehand did they give themselves? Was it like a week, two weeks, did we know, officially from Lucasfilm? I don't remember. But yeah, we got to keep our ears up this week. I mean, they could could do something as as soon as tomorrow. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, no, right now is Sunday. What's it like when this drops? It's gonna be we're gonna be six days out from the supposed trailer date. Yes, and so, I, I would think at that point they, you know, it should be announced. I would hope officially. Yeah, so some places, kind of places to look would be like Monday Night Football, a- anything ABC, anything on ABC, Good Morning America, and and Monday Night Football. That might be the two places where they announce that the trailer would air October 9th. But anyway, once the news drops, we're all gonna know about it and go crazy. But, uh, it looks like that's the looks like that's the case because it also makes sense. I mean, we had said uh, Rebels comes out on the following Monday, on the sixteenth of October. Do they want to double up? Why not just own the month? Yeah, yeah. Like we, we first October sixteenth. It's just gonna be this crazy day of the trailer and Rebels comes back and oh my god, it's gonna be the best. Well, if you take two steps back and just look at it for a second, whoa, 
that's a little much because everything is going to happen in like the nine o'clock, 10 o'clock hour. Like halftime for Monday Night Football would pretty much fall right during when Rebels is on. So you're going to have people watching Rebels and then stop and go jump over to ABC to watch Monday Night Football for two minutes and then jump back over to Rebels. Oh, yeah. Picture that. would be pandemonium. You see buildings burning, people's <laughs> heads spinning. Yeah, it's a bit much. You're kind of cannibalizing yourself at that point. You want people talking about Rebels on the 16th, right? Oh, yeah. And like it's like I said, we're going to be coming fresh off the trailer. And it's kind of a way to hook people into Rebels as well. Like, right? Like, oh, wow, new trailer for Star Wars. Oh, what's this? They have an animated show? I never heard of that. Holy shit, it looks pretty good. I don't know. You think they're trying to hook people at this point? It seems to me like they're racing to the finish line with Rebels, doubling up on episode releases. They're, it seems like they just want to get this done. True, but I mean, like I said, it's it's all coming together at the same time. All the paths are coming together. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, it's worth a shot, right? You know, you just you drop the the, the last Jedi trailer and and then maybe a Rebels trailer somewhere in there too, and maybe not a trailer, but a commercial for Rebels, and you probably snag a few hundred thousand, maybe people. No, well, maybe I, not I'm not even thousand. sure a few hundred thousand people watch Rebels. Period. What? <laughs> Are you kidding? I'd like to see the numbers. Dude, I'm about to hang up this call. I would like to see the numbers on on Rebels. Well, I definitely think <laughs> there's definitely millions of people who watch. Come on, get a hold of yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, bro. The amount of hype behind this machine that is Rebels, Kyle. It's Star Wars. What I don't know. It could wrong be with you. I could be wrong. It could be millions of people. I don't know. But they're certainly not going to hook in hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, not hundreds of thousands, but, you know, maybe, you know, when it's global like that, who knows, you know, 10,000, even that's a, a drop in the bucket for 8 billion, 9 billion people on Earth. <laughs> All right, let's, not let's, like, let's move ahead yeah. here. Yeah. October 9th. Uh, it seems to be the day. Whether or not so. Lucasfilm has, has confirmed, I'm going to, I'm going to, take Star Wars news and at their word I'm going to go with it October 9th it's got to be the day are you ready for some football I'm always ready for football yeah Monday night football although I'm very disappointed right now I, I kind of don't want to talk your, about football at all right now to be honest did your dolphins you. not do good today Kyle you shut your filthy mouth did your dolphins <laughs> actually you know what our friends over in the UK got a taste of the agony the mediocrity the absolute rottenness that are the Miami Dolphins. Actually, you know what? I had a quick little popover today uh, with one Mr. Carlos Candido. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's 20 to nothing. What? Are you, what? Yeah, it's already 20 to nothing. Dolphins are down. Second week in a row. I was like, what are you, they're playing now? This was before 1, 1 p.m., which is when most football kicks off. So no, they're in London today. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. The Dolphins actually got shut out. It's, oh. it's not easy to get shut out in football. You have to be really bad to get shut out in American football. There's so many ways to score points. <clears throat> hang on, hang on. Can you say that again? No, I can't. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Dolphins anymore. Bradley, you can't laugh at me. 
Stop it. <laughs> you can, Bradley. Loud. Loud and proud. Pipe down there, okay? Who's your team? Do you even have one? Uh, Yeah, I kind of... It's weird. I go back and forth between... Well, not back and forth, but I like the Bears and, uh, and Green Bay. Well, geez. <laughs> the Bears. The Bears. They're even worse than the Dolphins. And Green Bay. Well, geez, you, you dug deep. You really went with the underdog on that one. <laughs> it's okay. I, I remember. Yeah, so it's all because of SNL, anyhow. Yeah, I guess it's their fault, right? Okay, anyway, back on Star Wars. Let's get back on track here. So uh, Donald Gleason, echoing what many other cast members saying, that uh, this movie is going to be really different from what we're expecting. So he read the the script of The Last Jedi. And uh, so he went over. And actually, he was, t- he was speaking with, with Collider about this new mo- movie he's got with uh, Tom Cruise. But of course, they talked Star Wars. And he told Collider that when I read it, I needed to talk to him, him being Ryan Johnson. And I think that's always a good sign. I was like, wow, there's some stuff in there which is kind of not scary, but different to what I expected. And he, to him, it's it's a really, really nice thing. He thought he thought it was a positive thing and all that stuff, and he went on to to repeat that these movies don't keep sort of uh, repeating themselves. And again, right, like even another cast member saying, like going and questioning Ryan Johnson, saying, "What is going on here? Like, is this just something that Star Wars is, is such a formula that everybody has this?" idea of like this romanticized idea of what star wars is and then when you get something different it's like a cinder block in the head or is it is that is this movie really going to be completely whack well i have a feeling it's going to be completely whack i remember i think the first person we heard talk about it was john boyega and he said the film was dark i believe and he kind of retracted. Like, everyone's kind of stepped back from their comments on this, you know. Uh, there have been all, like you said, all have been very verbal at the beginning. Mark Hamill, Daisy Ridley. Uh, yeah, man, it, it definitely means something. It means that uh, something's going to get... The, the carpet's coming out from under us, you know what I mean? Like, something's not going to make all that much sense. And it doesn't for them because, look, they got the script to the first film. They were a part of it. They filmed it. And they obviously had their own idea as to where this film was probably going to go. So when all these characters read this stuff, they're like, whoa, like this is intense. Like, are you sure? It's almost as if Dom Hill Gleason here is saying that. Like, almost like, are you sure you want to do this, Ryan? Like, this is really drastic. And he was like, he was so confident about it that it just like said, you know what? You're right. Like, I'm on board, man. Well, there, there's something to be said about a director slash writer who is like, no, this is it, man. Like, we, this is, this is the long game. We got to play with this and just go with it. I, it's gonna work out. Like, I'm, I'm glad to hear that he's super confident in what he's doing. But man, I, well, I, I can't. What? Well, like, every, okay, so granted, we haven't seen much of this movie, but nothing, nothing we've seen looks weird, right? Except for, except for these caretakers. No, it seems a bit darker. Well, we know the the only weird aspect to me here is we got this Snoke, this unknown character. We don't know exactly who he is, what his motives are, 
who he is, where he comes from. Uh, he's pretty creepy with those gold robes and all that disfigurement. Uh, then we also, you know, Luke's character, Act 2, within the equation, being the first Jedi Temple. Lots of chance for mystery and stuff here, uh, revelations. But the fact of the matter really is, to me, it's like, why is everyone saying this? Like, what's going on? So really, what it seems like is, it's either going to have to be to do with a certain character that's like, this is shocking. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Or... It's going to be very close, uh, close, like, weaving within, like, the Force. Like, it's going to have to be something that just, it's bombshell. Like, this is what this movie, this is, I think this is what we want, no? Like, this is what we want. It's the empire of this saga. We want to get, we, our generation, like, listeners of the podcast will, I don't know, some some of them grew up with this stuff in uh, theaters and some of us didn't, like we had VHS or you got into it like not too long ago or whatever it is, you know? So I want to have that I am your father moment in theater. Like going into the prequels, we got to see this whole new set of films, We but we kind of knew what was going to happen in the long run. It's not like they, I mean, what did they surprise us with? Oh, wow, Anakin made 3PO. <laughs> like, woo. <laughs> well, there's there only so much room for, for Lucas to, to wiggle, right? No, I got you there, and he'd always kind of, we'd always kind of heard about the the lava fight as well. So he had a story in his mind as well. well. I think one of the only bombshells, which wasn't even really a bombshell, but uh, Dooku telling Obi Wan that Qui Gon was once his apprentice. That was like, oh my goodness, really? But even that was is not that big a deal. No, it's not. But you could see a lot where how Qui-Gon, why he questioned things. Oh, yeah, no kidding. And you can see why Dooku probably fell to the dark side too at a point. Like, he was just like, forget this, I'm out. Anyway, so yeah, The Last Jedi, again, seemingly going to be, you know, taking some left turns. Something we've been trying to get used to here. And we'll we'll revisit this topic later on in the Binary Sunset, but yeah. It's going to give us, we're looking for that sucker punch. I want it, man. I want it. Well, yeah, you know, we, we say that now, and then we might get it, and then complain about it. Like, uh, as you're right, it's going to take some time. We're going to see the film a few times, and yeah, like you said, we'll, we'll probably get to it in the binary sunset, but it's definitely, uh, I don't think it's going to be a film you watch the first time, and you're going to be like, wow, like, even us, we're going to be so overwhelmed seeing it, like, Two hours and 30 minutes, it's a lot to absorb in one sitting as well. Plus, it's going to be like close to midnight when it's over later. Much later, actually. Yeah, anyway. Let's let's move ahead here. Um, the Battlefront 2 trailer, this, I guess the final one before it drops in November, with John Boyega kind of carrying us through. But this thing looks more and more appealing every time I see it. I, I see something new that I want to try. And I'm I'm a little more eager to spend, however many hundred bucks it is for a PS4 plus the game. What about you? It looks incredible. To be honest, it kind of looks like I I've played video games. I had a PS3, but it's not like I played all that much. But man, when you look at it, it's almost overwhelming at a point. It just looks like there's so much to do. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, for me, more than anything, I I just want to 
the thing I want to do like most with a bullet is just dogfights, 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 man. I, I want to fly every ship on every level and, and just go hog wild. Like I know it's like all open environment, so who knows how cool some some things can get. I I just can't wait to do that. The, the ground battles don't do as much for me. But yeah, for me for me right now it's it's flying ships and shooting down tie fighters, etc. Yeah, I kind of have to agree with you there. Um I'd like to try again the the ground battles anyway, depending on uh who you're using and stuff cuz I mean right off the bat you got to use a mall at one point. You got to use well Bobo would kind of be like the bounty hunter thing, I guess, but you know, jetpack and different all kinds of stuff in your itinerary. Chewbacca, Grievous. Grievous would be Grievous. Oh, dude, like that's why I look at when I look at characters like that, like on screen, being able to play with them, that'd be cool. Four lightsabers, come on. Like I, I, I will, I'll find like I'll find I'll, if Jar Jar is playable, I'll take Jar Jar and find a way to kill Grievous with Jar Jar. There you go. Bosk too. He was a cool character, but I, I'm totally in accordance with you in the sense that. It's all about the dogfighting, man. All about the starfighting. So many ships to choose from as well. Uh, it looks so fun, so fast, and intense. Yeah, like I hope there's a mode where you can just like join a space battle. Not necessarily multiplayer, but just jump jump into a space battle and just see how long you can last. Like there's no real end to the mission. Just You just keep flying around and shooting down ships. Or it'd be cool if they had like a... A mode where be like okay like 8 8 p.m eastern time meet here and like 100 people get on and like you just divide it into two and it's just two fleets like coming at each other like attack pattern delta go now i'd be total madness oh total madness does the single player campaign interest you at all or is that something you're like, meh, I'll just I'd I'd be just as happy to watch all the cutscenes on YouTube and give me the give me the 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 story points for canon. I don't know, because that's the thing that's dissuading me right now is the whole you have to pay for the internet package to get onto this thing now and you know, gaming's so competitive and I'm pretty competitive. I just don't have the hours to put in to you know, probably be able to win all that much. So in that regard, like, how often am I going to get to play, really? So I'd have to probably do the arcade campaign mode, whatever. But I would definitely jump in every now and again, especially if there's a dogfighting option. Got to get in there. Get some! Yeah, I, I think anything in this game you can do on your own without jumping onto your internet connection and, and hooking in with a bunch of people. I'm pretty sure you can do that. But I'm sure there's a lot of options for the online options as well. I mean... Oh, no doubt. There's no doubt. There's a million different ways they're going to try and squeeze a few more bucks out of you here and there. If you play online, like I'm so out of touch with video games. I don't know what what they, they do anymore. But I have no doubt that they, they find ways to monetize the online experience. Well, neither you, myself, or James have a PS4, but we all got to talking saying, Okay, we got to get our hands on one and get together one night, and we all discussed how badly I'd beat you guys. Yeah, well, I was I was talking with uh, I was out for dinner with uh, Space Ninja seventy seven this week, this weekend, and he said he's got he has a PS four that uh, he might be able to loan us for a while. So there there's an option if we need you it. Mean loan us, dude. Snake Eyes is in. <laughs> You're going down too, though. Sorry, bro. Nothing personal. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. 
all the pieces will snap into place. Uh, so did you watch that clip? Of oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it looks so good. The clip, the clip with the the Palpatine Sentinel. Oh, dude, that's the thing. Yeah, that was the extended clip, I think. Yeah, there's that's super cool, man. I I love that they how they put that into this game, and and it creeped me out. Like, did you not know about? Well, you must have known about that. You've read Aftermath. No, I haven't read Aftermath yet. Mm, okay, well, I, I love how they tied this together with Aftermath. Like those Palpatine Sentinels. There's there's several of them, but there's there's one of them, and they all have sort of Palpatine's. Uh, I don't know if it's consciousness or just a form of AI. But I love that they put that in. Like we're, we're still getting a little bit of Sheev here. Yeah, like I said, those things were creepy as heck, man. When they the way they moved around, uh, they kind of like floated, and when they're talking to. Uh, Oh, what's her name from Inferno Squadron? The main character of this. Yeah, he's talking to her. Or she's talking to the Admiral. And yeah, it's her dad. Oh, really? And she's like, okay, so what's what's the target? And this thing just like... Mm, like it goes into like... like, like almost, Yeah, in like a very defensive mode. And it like flies in her face and just says, you're not cleared. Whoa. Yeah, what's that? The TK unit, I think, from RoboCop. I was like, whoa, I got that vibe from it. Oh, EV yeah, you're 909 right. or something? 209? Ed 209? Yeah. Yeah, no, that thing, that's, it's a pretty creepy thing. But I, I love that they're tying that story point into this game. It gives it a bit of weight, makes it feel like it's a bit more important that you really do need to pay attention to what's going on here. And again, I'm I'm kind of intrigued to play as the Empire at one point. I want to have my emotions played with in that way, like, Again, I haven't read Lost Stars or anything, but you know, a lot of people have that feeling about that, like dabbling in the Empire. You know, these people too—they're—they're they're not all bad people. They have families, people they love, like they're—they believe in the Empire. They've been brainwashed, I guess. And yeah, so it's—it's it's interesting to see from their perspective. And at a point, you might even be like, "Yeah, die, rebel scum," you know? Yeah, I—I th- I th- well, think that's kind of the idea. Is that you experience a little bit of what it's like to be an Imperial and you know, shooting up Rebel Commandos on Endor might feel a little bit conflicting. And, and a lot of people are down with that. A lot of people are like down with the Imperial thing, man. Like, you know, the, the order was there. She had, had that under control, man. Absolutely. There's, yeah, there's tons of people that are pro-Empire. Like Barney Stinson was totally pro-Empire. <laughs> All right, so let's move on from that. Uh, November can't come soon enough. Actually, you know what? It, it can. I'm not in any real rush to drop a f- several hundred bucks on this, but uh, uh, the, you know, go back two years ago, and I was saying the same thing about Battlefront One that I had to play this, and then early re- reviews started coming out with you know, no single player mode, and it's all online. I was like, oh, whoa, sorry, I'm out then. So I'm glad. I'm I'm glad I relented because I would have been really really ticked off if I had to buy a PS4 two years ago and a very underwhelming game. So mm, that's true. There you go. There's there's a little lesson in patience. And one good thing too, just kind of touching back a bit on Sith Disturbers last week, but uh, at least nowadays there's wireless controllers, so you won't be able to unplug mine as I get on your six. Yeah, but I'm not going to multiplayer with you. Not, I'm not multiplayering with anybody. 
What? I hate multiplayer. I'm not doing you can go it. Go play by yourself. Me, James, and Snake Eyes are gonna go play all together. Good for you guys. <laughs> Good for you guys. You know, I don't like to lose. Me. No, I, I, I don't like having this screen all split up into little quadrants. It just drives me crazy. We'll figure out a way. We'll get four TVs. Good luck with that. You set that up. Eh, Eric can make it happen. <laughs> I, you're like the king of like coming up with ideas and then making other people do it. Because you go, oh, uh, I can't do it. I, I don't know how. Yeah, I just I look at it and I'm like, hmm, Eric knows what he's doing in that regard. I'm sure of it. He's handy. No, no. You're going to have to make yourself useful. I, had that. I came up with this awesome idea of multiplayer mm, with you guys. Not that awesome. Moving on. Rebels <laughs> Season 4. There's a lot of Rebels talk coming up here in the next little bit. So uh, the Season 4 poster is out. I can't tell the difference between the Season 1, 2, 3, or 4 poster. But let's talk, let's talk about this one anyway. What do you find, if anything, remarkable about this poster, Corey? I think it's a really nice poster. You see kind of like, you know, everyone's kind of aged a bit. It's different. It's a nice poster, man. Come on. Oh, they're all nice. They just kind of all look the same to me. It's all they all kind of have the same color palette. It's well, yeah. the The color palette of Rebels has kind of been like orangish, I guess. I would think, but uh, anyway, I I really liked it. You know, you get the two baddies on top with uh, Thrawn and Price, which means Price is gonna have a much bigger role this season, which is kind of cool. Uh. Just looking at it, I don't know, it kind of seems epic, man. You got the star charts, like, worked into the background of it all, which I found really interesting. Like, why is that so prominent? It's it's on the poster, which means it should be prominent within the story, those those primitive cave paintings as well. They were kind of scattered throughout. Interesting. We, had, we saw Lost Cat there. So it's all coming, it's all coming together. But uh, I don't know. Zeb's Zeb's got a badge, which means it looks like he's joined the. Was that little triangle thing? It looks like it. Yeah, he's, it looks he's, like had, he's had that for a while. Really? Eh? Yeah. Because there was, there was something that looked like he. That white badge that he had. I'm more interested in that in that really weird looking hat he's wearing, in <laughs> a lot of the season four trailer stuff. Yeah, that looked cool too. That's what I was saying. That that one of Fat Albert's buddies hats. Yeah, it's a very strange looking hat. Yeah, he's probably in disguise. I was kind of hoping that they would change his outfit up a bit radically, but uh, no. But if you look also, I saw someone kind of speculating this as well. If you look at uh, Hera's right arm, I believe, she's covering it with her left hand because her arms are crossed, but it looks like there might be something under there, like a badge or an insignia for her squadron or something. Very possible. I mean, this Filoni does this, right? He, he screws with people. <laughs> and it wouldn't yeah, surprise I mean, me at all if there's a few things in this poster just planted there to screw with us. Like, like for sure. Like Bobby Roberts was saying, well, look, look at the TIE fighter blasts. They're, everybody's getting blasted in this poster except for except for Hera. That, it may not mean anything, but it, would be, think... it would be a very felony thing to do to like have TIE fighters shooting at you know having blasters pointed at Ezra Kanan, Zeb and Sabine but not Hera and we know that Hera is the only one that that we know of that walks away from this series Chopper Jesus well, and Chopper too like obviously like she, she Chopper's right next to Hera <laughs> so we know and that, but it would be a very Dave Filoni thing to do to mess with us in that way 
you think he's you think he's doing anything there or f- that's just uh this is the way the poster came out no. and you guys are nuts i see it more that way i really do um <laughs> i just see them blowing up lethal but i've heard i heard an interesting fan theory stating that maybe the people that are shooting at lethal it could be saw guerrera in his boys who kind of stole some imperial ships and were like we have to destroy this factory like now or whatever it is. And if the rebellion doesn't kind of have the balls to do it, like we're going to do it. Like even if there's like civilians, whatever in the way, like it needs to be done. And that could be the falling out, I guess, between them all. Well, if, if we get through this season and saw doesn't do anything pretty drastic, then I'll say that his presence throughout will have been pretty much a waste. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it looks like we're going to get there, too. I mean, even in this, both trailers, it looks, if you if you freeze frame them at a point, it looks like they're close to a giant kyber crystal. Really? I missed that part. I've, I've seen it in the first trailer we saw and this one, too. Like, if it's just a quick clip, but it looks like a giant crystal to me, anyhow. But I think the most interesting thing about this... Well, firstly, I, I'm kind of sad that we didn't see AP5 and Rex. They didn't really make the Ghost Coup crut. But uh, I, I thought... Well, that's that, what they know, did, right? They kind of just drew everything tight in. Like, I think in some of the other seasons, they, they opened it up to other characters more. Maybe I'm wrong. But this is just the core group, Thrawn, Price, and a wolf. And a wolf. That That's the big thing, I guess, on this poster is really... When you look at the wolf, that's where you're like, hmm. Again, it's on the poster, so... Gotta have a big thing to do with this season. You, you, you would think, but it could again be Filoni just screwing around with us. It's a he loves wolves. This is his last season working on with these characters. He's gonna put a wolf in there because he just loves wolves. I don't think so. I think there's <laughs> a lot more to it, especially the fact that you know those tops trading cards he made with uh, Ahsoka. In the Sith Temple, uh, walking through that tunnel with it, like, it looked like an iris, with the wolves. Uh, like I'm, saying, I'm not saying she is the wolf, but when that first, when we in first fact, saw those Dave wolves, I told you not a wolf, not yeah, she, not Ahsoka. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but still, still, the the that is teasing with everything that he drew with those top cards. He made. Whether he admits it or not, there's a link there somehow. It's not necessarily like she's the wolf per se, but uh, everybody was on that train when the first trailer dropped. Like that's why he drew that picture, saying like, hey, "Everybody, like, calm down. I didn't turn him into a wolf." But th- there's something about her, and a lot of people are, all, are thinking maybe it's something to do with the the father in the Mortis trilogy, on Mortis arc. Sorry. Oh man. And then, like the. The daughter being the daughter being the convery. I don't know where that leaves the brother, but uh, if you look at the wolves' eyes as well, uh, there's something in them. Like it looks almost like uh, a bit of the witches of Dathomir, kind of when Kanan was possessed. Like he's mm-hmm. there's something magical going on there. These creatures are more than what they seem, and I'm not saying that they are related to Ahsoka in any way, but. What I hope they do is that they leave us the breadcrumb, the nugget that we need to know about Ahsoka, like where we can speculate further on that character. Like, I don't know necessarily if we're going to see her in this series, but we have to hear something about her before it's all said and done, I would think. 
like where oh, they yeah. had both Kane, both Kane and Ezra, like look at each other, and be like Ahsoka, you know, like only she would know, or and it's got to have something to do with the wolves to me personally. I have that's that's kind of where things are pointing. But anyway, you know, looking at this poster and thinking about what's gone on in the past, there's got to be something going on around the topic and theme of eyes, right? Like Kanan's been blinded. Uh, there's a shot of in the trailer with Ezra, and like a, there's a close up on his eyes where it almost looks like you know, he's communicating with those animals again, and it, there's like that hyperspace look to his eyes. Yeah, I love that. And there's there's a shot where you see Ezra and Sabine on on the back of the wolf, and they're running away from something, and uh, it looks like Sabine's or running eyes, towards something. Like it looks like Sabine's eyes are all bandaged up, right? Like she's she's clearly out of it. So something's going on with with eyes in this series, and maybe specifically this season, or maybe I'm just reaching. Really. Or and again, and, and this wolf's eyes are all lit up like a Christmas tree. Anyway, some, something maybe to watch for. Yeah, I like that. Like I always kind of speculated that the Bendu. He kind of looked like he had a mad case of cataracts. He could have been <laughs> blind, just like Kanan. Uh, yeah, he definitely looked cataracty. All right, and we also got, uh, aside from this poster, we got descript- titles and descriptions for the first six episodes. Uh, we'll run through them quickly and see if anything jumps out at us. Heroes of Mandalore, uh, so airing on the 10th, or sorry, the October 16th, part one, Heroes of Mandalore, Sabine leads Ezra Kanan and an army of her fellow Mandalorians back to her home world to rescue her father from the clutches of the Empire. Sounds pretty straightforward, right? Straightforward, it's going to be awesome. Epic, she's going to raise the Black Saber, man. She's going to charge Tally Ho with her Mandalorian uh, Mandalorian brothers. It's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be her, her Braveheart pre- moment. Yeah. So then part two, when Sabine discovers the Empire has resurrected a devastating weapon she created and plans to use it against her people, she must decide whether to destroy it or use it herself. Ding, ding, ding. And I just want to give some props to you, bro, because I know 100% I'm, well, was one of us, but I'm pretty sure it was you who said that, you know, is it possible that that weapon we see zapping people at the beginning when, you know, you see the helmet fall off? Yeah, when that person, get, the, a Mandalorian gets turned to ash? Yeah. Like, then you say, like, oh, you said something like, uh, what if that's the weapon that Sabine created that we've heard about? Yeah, that's and, exactly what I thought. And I'm pretty sure it looks like that's going to be the one. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I was pretty sure about that. It looks like a pretty devastating weapon, something that you would that would keep you up at night. Well, that's pretty cool. That was a pretty good call, bro. Nice. All right. Thank. Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, bringing that back up. <laughs> so anyway, that sounds like it's going to wrap up Sabine's story. I mean, Sabine Get obviously will be in the rest of the series, but for the most part, it looks like. Uh, like her, her, the big meat of her arc is going to wrap up in these two episodes. No, I wouldn't say wrap up, but like it, you're going to get the the gist of where she's going. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like the whole thing about who's going to lead Mandalore and you know, the resolution with her family. I think that's going to happen on October 16th. Yeah, well, I, I see her more kind of like like you said. She she's going to unite Mandalore. Hopefully they win the war they need to anyhow for the time being. And But she's going to be like, yo, I need to re- retreat to the Greater Rebellion again. Like, I'm passing the Black Saber back to uh, Satine or my mom, my dad, whatever. Bo-Katan. Yeah, Bo-Katan, sorry. <laughs> In the name of the Rebellion, 
Part 1, on October the 23rd. As members of the Rebel Alliance, Ezra and the Ghost crew must accept a mission to spy on an Imperial outpost they would rather destroy. Hmm. Sounds like maybe this is where, like you were talking about, this could be where Sog might get involved. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw it like that, and it looks like that is the case. And what interests me is which outpost and why. So that could probably lead back into things too. I think that's going to be a, let's say a cameo, but it's going to be familiar to our fan base. Like, couldn't they just be going over to, to Lothal to just spy on the TIE Defender factory? I don't know, because they seem reluctant. Well, yeah, maybe. Like, they've been told, go check this place out, scope it out, learn the routines, learn shift changes, but it says, all this stuff. But doesn't it say they, they'd rather destroy than... Well, yeah. That, yeah. Hmm, who knows who gets right. the order? That makes sense. Then, yeah, you're right. Like, like you know, Ezra's probably just like, well, why don't you just destroy it now? You know, like... Maybe, yeah, and maybe Saw Gerrera gets involved and says, yeah, why don't you destroy it? You have a chance right now to blow this thing up, but here you are doing Mon Mothma's errands. Maybe that's this episode here. I hope uh, when we meet, when Ezra meets, because I think that's the second part of this this uh, two part two parter. When Ezra meets Saw, he's able to judge his character properly, and knowing that Saw might be a little too extreme in things, but take what he's saying with a grain of salt, because yeah, it looks like. Again, in the, in the second part, it looks like they're going to do something together with Saw, you know. Yeah, yeah. Saw Gerrera looks like he's going to figure hev- heavily in part two. Um, after being separated from Hera and Kanan, Ezra and Sabine join the desperate quest of Saw Gerrera to hunt down the Empire's elis- elusive secret super weapon. That's it. Another Death Star reference. Come right into that Rogue One area. Ugh. Era. What? Nah, well, no, I'm not. I'm not dumping on the idea it's just again how close are they going to get they're going to be so close to uncovering the empire's secret and they're just you know they're going to fall short Ooh, bro you know what just popped in my head oh damn do we want to know i could save it for later in the listener question but i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna do it now like what if it is um that giant kyber crystal. Like, what if the Death Star's like, you know, it's a battle station and whatever, and they're designing it all. They're still kind of building it, but uh, they haven't put the kyber crystal in yet. So what if it is the kyber crystal that uh, Ezra's dealing with and Galen Erso would obviously, I think, have his hands on that kyber crystal if he was still kind of experimenting with it? Yeah. So maybe he makes a cameo. That would be fantastic. But yeah, I think we are going to touch on that again later. So we'll put that on on park for now. And then airing October 30th, The Occupation, Ezra and the Ghost crew are called back to Lothal when a new Imperial threat rises. Now, is this going to be the TIE Defender? Like being rolled out in full production? Uh, Either that or close to. I would think so. And I think that would sort of be our cue to expect the X-Wing. Well, that's the thing. I think, uh, which episode description did it say that they saw steals the the prototype, right? 
of a Thai model. Yeah, that's the last one coming up here. The Flight of the Defender also airing on uh, October 30th. Ezra and Sabine steal an Imperial prototype TIE fighter, but must rely on some unexpected help to escape from Thrawn. Okay, so maybe I said a bit more as, yeah, you're right. He unleashes the his tie, Thrawn's tie, and wreaks havoc. So in kind of the next episode, they're like, we have to get our hands on this to kind of, you know, reverse engineer it. Like, what are we dealing with here? What are we up against? What do we need to beat it? And then the X-Wing being the response to that, having them having brought that X, uh, that tie home. Says so like okay, we can we can counteract this by designing this. Well, do you think they design the X as a, the X wing as a result of the Tie Defender, or they just go and like I, I feel like the X wings are already in existence. They just don't have them. I remember they stole the Y wing bombers, right? But maybe maybe it's not necessarily like uh, in a direct response to that, but they need something that's better and they kind of look at some what the Empire's technology and say, hey, we can use that and do this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, something else I, I said a year ago is that the X-Wing is going to be the, the, the response to the TIE Defender. I feel like well, that's exactly where this, this is going. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Cool. Well, there you go. There's the first few synopsis of Rebels. But like, oh, just touching back on that, like, I think we need to see the uh, the devastation that the, the tie can wreak before having like the, the the X-wing needs to be the solution. You know what I mean? It can't just be like, okay, like you defend, like you brought you brought yours out, but we had ours already ready. It should be like, we, oh man, like we need to create, like there needs to be a response to this thing. Like this thing's a monster. We're gonna get wiped out if not. Yeah, I mean, obviously they have what the Y wings and the A wings, and the B wing, and the B wing. Oh, wouldn't it be still 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 in production? They need to it. work in some B wings in this series. In Battlefront, <laughs> well, oh, in Battlefront for sure. Oh my god, <sighs> think of that, bro. I don't know. I don't know if there is one. I don't think there is. But man, that the potential behind that with the gyroscopic cockpit is insane. That'll be the. I, I imagine that's got to be difficult to control though in a video game. Like it doesn't make sense as a ship in any way. <laughs> Uh, Unless it sticks yeah, in one you, mode, like it's a ship you that could probably just lock doesn't down. make sense. Oh, it it has a lot of potential, I guess, if you're an amazing pilot like Hera. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of amazing pilots out there. All right, so now finally, uh, some speculation on what's coming next from the anim- Lucasfilm Animation Department. Uh, so Pablo, this past week, I'm not even going to talk about his last name anymore because we all—it's like it's like we're all friends with Pablo. Yeah, he's he's awesome. So he he had mentioned something to the effect that the animation department is working hard on what's next, and uh, it'll be probably the next Star Wars celebration where Dave Filoni and and crew will introduce it the right way. So that's that's a what, nearly two years away, Corey. So we got a lot of time to think about what's coming next. And I think we've already kind of done that a couple of times, but let's let's maybe go a little bit deeper. What what do you think? What's what's going to come down the pipe here? Well, it's interesting you said that cuz that's the first thing that I was thinking about too is that we heard at some convention he had 
kind of said that. So again, it's not really confirmed or anything, but it looks like that's going to be the case. And when you look at it from that angle, it's like 2019 is celebration. So it's not going to be like, yeah, this is what we're doing and here it is. It's probably going to be like another year before getting another that series, you know, maybe even two. I, I don't think two maybe, but it's not going to drop right away. Maybe they'll give us a teaser or something. I don't know, but I don't think it's going to come out like three to six months after having announced it. So that being said, it's kind of like it can coincide with the end of this saga. So it leaves the door open for them to do a lot of different things and play in a different, a lot of different times. But I'm curious to see, I'm really curious to see what they want to do. Like me, I want to further adventures of Hera kind of, you know, like let's see what Hera does. But at that point, in the future, I think, you know, the, the the buzz around Rebels will probably have cooled down a bit. So maybe it won't be that viable still. But no, it's true. People would cheer like crazy if that was the announcement. Like General Sindula and I don't know, it'd be insane. But uh, I want to see if they're going to go outside their sandbox, you know. Think outside the box and what are they going to do? They can go in the past, like deep into the past, do the Jedi Knights, uh introduce a whole new line of characters instead of so relying always so heavily on you know the 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 sandbox they've been playing in forever like that's what we're still doing right we're in that era right now we did the clone wars we did rebels yeah and still don't get me wrong leaning, we're still leaning on anakin and obi-wan and darth vader all and all these yeah the, just times that we we're already so familiar well, then, with yeah i mean in rebels not so much yes we saw darth vader and maul and all that but uh, and a lot of familiar faces. It's just the time frame. It's smack dab and what we're familiar with. So are they gonna are they gonna do something bold and just take us somewhere completely new and introduce this whole new thing, or are they gonna continue to? Because personally, like I have a feeling. I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that they're not gonna do after Jedi, like the years between after Jedi and the Force Awakens. I don't know. I just I don't see an animated taking place in that time zone. Well, they got to do something in that time zone. They're not I don't see them doing a movie in that time zone. Hmm. It's tough to well, say. I mean, there's so many They've th- done quite a few books. I know, you're going to are you going to explore that whole juicy time frame in books? Well, man, dude, dude they already did Bloodline, Aftermath, uh Well, I, I, yeah, exactly. Like Aftermath has kind of been uh I don't know. Aftermath was was kind of it was okay, but it was not. I mean, I, I speak for a lot of fans when I say it wasn't quite what I was hoping for. It was cool. It got better as it went along, but it didn't. It didn't deliver the goods. Anyway, so remember last week, Katie had asked us for a standalone synopsis. Yeah, I think that, like my my idea of, um, like the history of the galaxy or the, the history of the Jedi through Luke's eyes. I think that could be a really cool animated series. Like a, every week we visit a different chapter in, in Jedi history. I think that would work really well. So you could jump around, you can go way back in time and do an arc, you know, 10,000 years ago, or you could do an arc 150 years ago and do a, do a younger Yoda. I think that works pretty well. 
but I don't know, but whatever, like Dave Filoni's the guy. Like he's, I think he's the closest thing to George Lucas. So whatever he wants to do, I mean, I don't know if it's his choice, but whatever, like whatever project he's on, I I'm all in on. Oh, for sure. But uh, at least I want to say that I hope they continue expanding and building on the universe they've already created in animation. Uh, like I hope I keep I hope they use the same platform. I don't want them to kind of change that at the moment, you know. If you want to do a different show, live action, whatever, or something like Forces of Destiny, like that's great, that's awesome. But this animated platform, I really hope that they leave the style that they've been using all this time. Well, I mean, the styles between Rebels and, and Clone Wars are pretty different. But you get that they're the same. They're similar. They're very similar. Technology's changed, I guess, there, but you get the point. Well, I, th- I, th- I mean, the same characters <laughs> carry over. Right, but look at the way that Anakin is in the Clone Wars and the way we see him in Rebels. He's 100% different. Look at Yoda. 100% different. Anakin? Like, we only see him in a hologram. But he looks nothing at all. Nothing at all like like in the Clone Wars series. They could have easily modeled the same character. Yeah, that's true. Looks absolutely nothing like him. Yoda is 100% different. And even though the Yoda that we see in Rebels is really just a manifestation of Ezra's idea of what Yoda is. But still, like, I, I think the styles are, are I, I know what you mean. It's not like they're, they're apples and oranges, but they're definitely different enough, I think. But anyway, the, the next yeah, well, series would tw- certainly tweak it. look, wouldn't look out of place, I don't think. No. Yeah, that's it. Tweak it a little, but keep it familiar in that regard. Do you have a preferred? Do you want, is this the way to explore galactic history, whether it's Jedi or political or whatever? Like, is this, is animation the, the road to go for that? Or is that something they need to do on the big screen? Well, for the, the hardcore fans, I guess, uh, inner workings of setting that up they can start building now in an animated show well i feel like we're we're going to get some of it in about 72 days from now what building of the past yeah oh yeah big time that book Ooh, baby we're in for some shockers so i wonder if if dave filoni has already seen the last jedi and he's he's working off that I think he's involved in even probably like he's probably in some of those think tanks when they're all going over stuff and uh, uh, probably contributing here and there. Yeah, I would say he's. Yeah, I would say they've they've picked his brain a little bit and he's had some input here and there for sure. Why wouldn't you talk to Dave Filoni? Especially if maybe the idea is we want to do this animated series set in the past with old Jedi. Then you would definitely want Filoni to be involved with what's going on in The Last Jedi, because I'm, I'm sure we're going to be touching on that stuff. All right. Is that, is that your preferred area, Corey, before we close this off? Uh, for the moment, yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm still comfortable in where we are right now. I, like I said, I don't want to do Return of the Jedi forward. I'm either down with, you know, the the rebellion stage in between 
A New Hope and Empire, or in between A New Hope and Jedi. Or let's just change the whole dynamic up and like just give us a whole new cast, a whole new setting, a whole new era of Star Wars. They have to be brave at some point and break away, right? Yeah, they do. They do. You know, they can leave reference to something, some things just to keep us familiar. But yeah, they they have to break away at one point. It's going to happen. I mean, just always taking taking one step to the left, one step to the left. At some point, they're going to have to take like six steps away. And you have to take the leap of faith. And this is a good way of doing it, too. You've got to have that is it though? juicy story. Is it, though? Because you, you, you put a whole series or a whole season in the can, and if it bombs, like if fans aren't interested off the hop, what are you going to do? Yeah, seriously, with... Star Wars fandom only with hundreds of thousands of <laughs> viewers. Well, still, I mean, like fans can always be fickle. You can't always imagine that everything you do is they're gonna love. No, I gotcha. Like, I mean, there's there's people out there who don't like Rebels, which is confounds me. But hey, man, you don't like it, it's fine. <laughs> Some, somehow, I, I get the feeling you don't really mean that. What do you mean? Well, it's fine. I mean, people are entitled to the, their own opinion. I just, I personally, like, as a fan, like, I think Rebels has a lot to offer. I I totally agree. I don't know why people don't like it. But, hey, it's, to me, it's their loss. Me, Ezra Preacher. Okay, that's it for the news this week. It's time for the Binary Sunset with some amazing help from our powerful friends. So, the first voice, as always, will be that of the wonderful ads. So, here we go. Evening, boys. Uh, How the devil are we? I hope you've both had good weeks. So, I've got two questions for you. The first one is The Last Jedi. What super-duper powers do we think we may discover um, for a Luke, or even a Snoke in this film. In The Force Awakens, we found out that Kylo Ren could stop a blaster midair and hold it there with the Force. So do you envisage there being any new Force powers yet unseen on screen appearing in the new film? And then the second question is to do with movie memorabilia and... I saw something in a magazine recently which suggested that Marty McFly's Nike shoes were being sold for a guide price of 25 to 35,000 pounds. So, it got me thinking, what pieces of movie memorabilia, if money was no object, within reason, would you want to acquire for yourself so that can be star wars related it can be other movies as well and i think to avoid uh any loopholes uh and uh cory i'm looking at you with this one um i'm gonna say you can't choose any spaceship for example so you couldn't choose the millennium falcon or an x-wing etc etc so have a think and I shall look forward to listening to your suggestions. 
have a great show. As always, you're doing a brilliant job. And uh, I shall see you next week. Bye. And there he goes again. It's ads, and we're kicking off the best part of the show. It's the Binary Sunset powered by the Powerful Friends. So, Corey, yeah, I, th- I think it's a given that we'll be getting some new and amazing force powers in this movie. But I always wonder, how far are they going to take it? Like I, I had a, I have a difficult time imagining new force powers because it kind of feels like we've seen them all, right? But for sure, we're going to get something new. So, what do you think is on tap for Luke here? Oof, Luke in particular, or just a force? Well, did you listen to Ad's question? I did. I thought it was just the force in general, but either way. <laughs> um, well, we heard Carlos was kind of sent that question in a, a month or two ago about uh, Luke having some kind of force repulse, I think it was called. Yeah. That we, would be like, a new one. Yeah, yeah. This violent explosive power, right? Yeah, like an orb of energy kind of like Hadouken. Uh, yeah. I mean, that we've heard that a bunch of times. It could be a side of Luke that we're not used to seeing where he just uses like these almost out of control, violent powers. Is that new? I guess it's kind of new, right? Like nobody really uses the force in canon that way. Well, that's because they're all, well, that's not true. I mean, Soka chops off four people's heads in one fell swoop at one point. Okay, but that's that's like a lightsaber skill. We're talking about like using the force to hurt people, or not necessarily to hurt people. It could be for like Yoda lifting the X-wing out of the swamp. That was a force power that we had not seen before. So, like, True. what's gonna like what's the equivalent equivalent of that in the Last Jedi? It's gonna be something big in the long run. I don't necessarily. Well, definitely, Luke's gonna have a trick or two up his up his sleeve, especially with the new. His new image, uh, his new understanding of the Force. Obviously, something's changed. The book, the way he caresses that book too. Again, I really have a, a feeling that's the first time he's seeing it. There's a longing for that book. It's either that or he's read it so many times and has it in such high regard that it like changed his life or whatever. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I just see Luke being super powerful. I don't. The Force Repulse thing is one example. But I think our understanding might come a little more through Snoke. Uh, we got to have the Force lightning equivalent somehow in this film. Like, he's got to seem overbearing, like, just so powerful, I think, at one point. Like, he, he has to know something that uh, everybody else doesn't, too. And that's why he's scared that Luke's going to find out the true power, the true nature of the Force. Like, when you hear Luke tell Rey, it's so much bigger. Like, dude, it really says something there. Like, like, our understanding of the Force was kind of under the microscope. Like, well, it was limited, right? We t- yeah, we got to take the blinders off here. So, I don't know. I thought about that a bit, and I didn't... I can't come up with good. Like, I don't want to say, like, an altered being or, like, an altered beast. <laughs> uh, Snoke being able to somehow shapeshift. I don't know if that's the case. That seems a little too Harry Potter-ish. Uh, maybe teleportation uh, in the short, like not like across the galaxy, but like to be able to reappear behind you kind of. That'd be kind of like, oh man, like that'd be hard to defend. Avengers? 
Yeah, that'd be hard to defend against. Or like you said, like an illusionist as well, like Loki. Like, you know, what's real, what's not. That seems pretty force-ish to me. That's almost, that's almost like, mind trickish, isn't it? Yeah. Like he gets, I could see Snoke being able to get deep in someone's mind, like a, a real sorcerer kind of like get at the heart of your emotions and just play with them. Yeah, like I thought maybe taking like mind tricks to the extreme where he it's almost like mind control. Yeah, I got you there. He could do something like that. Maybe he maybe he could get into Luke's head at some point. Yeah, if he knows the I could see them fighting it out like uh mind to mind and Luke really struggling with, you know, Snoke like just being overbearing. Yeah, I mean, you can or see that. Like, I can see that playing out where you know, Luke's psyche is probably so frayed, and he's he's possibly so fragile at this point that, you know, for, for as revered and powerful as Luke is, I'm I'm sure there is some room to exploit his his sorrow and his regret. And I bet you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Snoke knew how to do that via the Force, and you could see him get into Luke's mind and maybe make coerce Luke to do something that you wouldn't expect Luke to do. And then Ray's challenge is to not let Snoke do that. Cause we've seen, we've seen her kind of keep Kylo Ren out of her, out of her head. Right. Or she's get out of my head and she pushes back. Maybe that's just the tip of the iceberg where Snoke's going to try and get into her head. And will she be able to resist him? Like that yeah, might be sure. part of the, the challenge for Ray. And also the fact that, you know, Luke's, burning inside because of all everything that's happened his nephew granted it's not his son but either way it's his nephew who he obviously loved so as soon as Snoke starts kind of like twisting the knife in that wound like it's not going to be good and if Snoke tells Luke his eventual plan and how Kylo's kind of like a puppet like it's not going to sit too well with him I'm sure probably not I would imagine not Um, so that's, yeah, for Snoke, I'm just going to go with some kind of like total mind control thing. Cause I, I don't know how physically powerful he's going to be. I don't, I don't know if he's going to move super quickly or be able to flip around like, like Palpatine was able to, like, he just looks too, he just looks too old. <laughs> he's too old. You know, the Happy Gilmore thing. He's he's just too old. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's yeah, there's just something too about decrepit. Him. So maybe his it's it's not a physical thing with Snoke, but it's a it's totally a mental thing. That's it. Like when you think about him fighting, it's either going to be a really awkward, creepy style of fighting, or you know, just something where he doesn't even need to get up. I could see him like you know, as Luke's like in pain, like dropping to one knee, he finally stands up and like lords over him, and you see his full like. Uh, seven, eight foot presence, I guess. Like it almost reminded me of remember in the Lord of the Rings, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, where Bilbo doesn't want to give Gandalf the ring at the beginning, and like Gandalf kind of just does this crazy illusion where the fire goes dim and it looks like he's like, I don't know, three, four times his normal size, and he's telling Bilbo like, don't like, don't talk to me, like don't do those kind of things or whatever. I can kind of see Snoke being able to do that too in a way. Like like you said, the uh, the mind control, just being able to build his, himself up, you know? 
Yeah, force intimidation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's force power, force intimidation. I thought about levitation. I heard a rumor about levitation as well. We know Jedi's can kind of like glide, kind of like take super long jumps. Yeah, they, that's what I mean. That's when I said off the top is that I feel like we've seen it all. Like we've seen the the super fast run. We've seen the the long jumps, especially in Clone Wars, where they just seem to jump these endless distances. I mean, obviously, the Force powers them to do crazy things when they're dueling with lightsabers. Ah, oh, man. Like Now, communicating with animals, right? That's something Anakin could do to a degree. Ezra can do it. Can, can Luke connect with Porg? Is that a thing? I don't know. He's got his Porg prod. <laughs> yeah, I guess probably not. He doesn't like them too much. I'm sure they get bitey. I'm sure of it. I don't know. It's a good question, Ads. I, I definitely want to hear what you think. Um, it, it's really tough to think about what new Force powers are out there. Yeah, I'm touching back on Snoke again, too. I think his ring... I mean, everyone said and speculated that they think it's a black kyber crystal. That could be pretty interesting. Maybe it's like a black licorice-flavored ring pop. That's what I always thought it was. No? Well, that'd be, yeah, it makes sense. It's a horrible flavor. <laughs> it's a terrible flavor. That's why he's so grumpy all the time. Black licorice. Oh, God. Who invented that? And who likes to drink Sambuca? Ugh. Come on. All right, so Ads also asked us about movie props that we'd like to own, and he put some some constraints on your selecting, Corey. So within re, I mean, money's no object, but within reason. What what kind of movie props would you like to own? All kinds. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna start Ralph's bat. I gotta get it out of the way before you say it. But anything Indiana Jones, the hat, the whip, the jacket. I don't care. I want it. His little sling pack that he wears over his shoulder. Yeah, he hides the uh, Shankara stones. Yeah. That too. That's that's on my list. Yeah, those things are those are gimmies. I think the fedora is probably the most important of those. Yeah, I would have to think so. I excluded anything from Star Wars from my list because I mean, in that regard, I kind of want it all, like the sabers, the helmets, uh, Max Rebo's Max Rebo's piano or keyboard. <laughs> uh, a snow snowtrooper on a mannequin. I would love to have that. Yeah, it's a nice one. No, it's, it's it'd be so cool to have that. Oh, yeah, you're right though. Let's let's stay away from Star Wars. I mean, we could go back and forth all day on amazing Star Wars stuff to own. So let's let's um, step away from. Well, I love this comment on the shoes because those shoes are amazing. Nike even did a run. Uh, I think they've done two runs on those shoes so far, and they were like retail. I think, oof, like. A grand or fifteen hundred. It was all for charity, but uh, there was a limited number and definitely awesome. I can't believe we don't have those yet, or flying cars. Yeah, they missed on a lot of things in that movie. A lot of things. We're not even close to like Mister Fusion. <laughs> no Mister Fusion. What uh, blood changes instead of oil changes? 
I guess you could do that with some kind of transfusion, right? Um, Hydrate level five, please. <laughs> the upside down flying wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, the not, hoverboard. We're not quite there yet. Hoverboard seems like we're close, but. Yeah, I feel like we're getting there. Either way, I mean, let, let's keep on that train. Back to the future. I know we can't have spaceships and stuff, but why not have a time traveling DeLorean? Well, I, I feel like you're breaking the loophole now. Or TARDIS. Time traveling still, TARDIS. Still, kind of still breaking uh, the constraints of, Ad, of Ad's question. Well, you know, he mentioned Star Wars only, so. No, he didn't. He said he'd go anywhere. Okay, how about this? The <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, I really don't know if you listened to the question. I do. <laughs> Dude, he's talking about traveling in space and stuff, you know. But, you know, I'm traveling to space and time. But, no, for real, how about the bullet, Steve McQueen's bullet, 1968 Mustang? We'll let ads preside over that one. I think I feel like, again, that's, well, you got to have a, if money's no object. That's not the deal. What are you going to put this thing? I don't know. You can put it in the garage or. Do you have a garage? Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh yeah no that that Mustang is something else. What's the other car in that chase scene? I'm not sure. Is it a Firebird? Don't make Jeez. me Google it. I have the movie. I should watch it. That is a good chase scene. What else? Probably you got? the best. It's got well, it's got to be up there with the best. Of course. Your know, underrated car chase movie is Ronin. Oh, bro, that is an underrated movie in general. That movie is amazing i must have seen it at least oof, 20 30 times it was an indie film low budget robert de niro was in it uh that a just, hell of a cast oh yeah but the story was awesome too especially the way it ends it's like oh yeah i went to go see that in theater that was a i, I walked out of that movie i was just raving about it and it had like a super euro vibe to it you know possibly because it was all shot in europe yeah, but I mean, just the the, the style, <laughs> shock, the style of the film as well, kind of. Anyway, great yeah, film, was, I well, love that one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a product of its of its location. It, it fantastic movie, masterless. And, and it still holds up. Oh yeah, for sure. Masterless Jedi. All right, back on track. Um, I am going to go with. I've got I've got a couple here, so Hellboy's Big Baby. I like it. That's that's such a cool gun. Oh, there's like Nerf guns out there now that look a lot like it. Uh, I want an entire Ghostbusters uniform with the trap and a proton pack. You bastard. That's on my list too. <laughs> Come on. How can it not be? Uh, Eddie Murphy's varsity jacket. Oh, or, is it, from, or, is it, or is it a Detroit Lions jacket? Detroit Lions, bro. Yeah. Although I wouldn't want to be thought of as a Lions fan. That's that's worse than being a Dolphins fan. Is it? Kind of is. <laughs> I mean, they're decent this year, but... Whew. I, the last time they won a Super Bowl was, what, 1950-something? Never told or, me. Yeah. Actually, that was that, before Super Bowl. So a championship was the 50s. Anyway. What about Sting? Lord of the Rings. 
Why stop there? Why not? What's uh, what's the name of the of of uh, Vigo's sword at the end? Aragorn. Oh, I can't believe I don't know this. I can't believe you don't know it either. Me either. It's late. James. Seriously, I'm googling <laughs> it, but it's gonna be too late. Yeah, actually, you know what? I don't. I don't like the, the his last sword. It's very skinny. Feels like it couldn't. I know it's made by the elves, but it feels like it wouldn't hold up. Bro, it's magical. It's I know sk- it's magical. Just probably pierce a dragon, you fool. <laughs> too skinny for me. I just want want to go fencing with it. Uh, all right. What else? Um, oh, the the coconut horse hooves. Andoril Python. It's Andoril. Sorry. Andoril. Andoril. All right. Yeah. Anyway, the coconut horse hooves that blow everything out. Come on. That whole scene with with the horses and the migrating. I love it. In what? Monty Python. Holy Grail. Oh, with the coconuts? Yeah. That's the best. <laughs> I would love to have those coconut horse hooves, man. Dude, that's the best. Uh, one of the best scenes ever. He's, he's like, we're in search of the Holy Grail. Guess giver? He's like, tell him we already got one. <laughs> so good. Oh, Pitch- I love those guys. Pitchy la vache. All right, that, that, I guess that's a, a quick synopsis of some of the movie memorabilia I'd like to own. I'm sure there's tons more. Oh, yeah. I was thinking... Maltese Falcon. Th- that'd be a good one. Deckard's gun. One that our good friend Matt Kigo just drew. That That's a solid-looking gun. Oh, no doubt. Um, I'm just trying to take a glance over to my small collection of DVDs. Eh. I don't know. It's got to get epic, man. That's the thing. I picked coconut horse hooves. Is that epic? Uh, it is Monty Python, and that scene is pretty epic. Like Happy Gilmore's go- uh, his, his golf club hockey stick. <laughs> Sputter? <laughs> That's not epic, but I'll tell you what, I want to own it. You know, the guys from, uh, I don't know if you guys in the UK get that, that show, but there's a show called Pawn Stars, and they ended up buying the Mirthmobile from Garth, uh, from Wayne's World. Nice. Yeah, the actual one that was in the movie. That's amazing. All right, ads, there you go. Some force powers and some movie mem- memorabilia. Yeah, the force power thing, tough to answer, man. I, I know that there's going to be some, and I tend to think Luke is going to be a little bit unhinged with his. And then Snoke well, is going to be really ugh, deviant, devious, and well, I think it all is going to boil down to Ray too in the long run. Like Snoke's worried about Ray because he's obviously had visions of her. Kylo's had visions of her. Luke's probably even had visions of her, and she's going to be like this new virgin, or like I don't want to say it like this, but she's going to probably be like the Neo of this franchise in the sense when you hear Luke say it's so much bigger. Like she's probably gonna be the first one to unlock like luke's like here's the key but only you can unlock that door like i I can't do it like i'm not the guy to do it i'm the guy to lead you to that doorstep well that's i don't think that's something that luke's gonna come to right away i'm from what we've learned about luke is that he just he doesn't want any part of anything no but exactly like you said it's definitely not gonna be like that right away 100 percent. but i think that's what's gonna boil down to in this trilogy is that she's gonna be the one that is going to have to open that door and uh, either bring the balance or whatever it is or just realize how it all works, kind of. 
Well, she's the one that's going to win the day. Yeah, and Snoke's worried about that, and there's a reason why. And when Luke says it's so much bigger, it's like she's going to be, she's going to look at things from a different perspective. Like she's going to kind of fit, it's all going to fall into place for her. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, yeah, Snoke is, I mean, yes, he's worried about her, I would think, but it's, it's Skywalker he's after. Like once, once they learn that, that BB-8's gotten away, like he kind of snaps to attention and goes, well, then we have to destroy the resistance before they reach Skywalker or something to that effect, right? Yeah, because like, he they, knows they it, don't it, want, he knows they don't looking. want them getting to Skywalker by any, under any circumstance. Yeah, but I think it's also he doesn't want Skywalker to be able to teach this future, like, person. You know. Well, that's why he says that the new Jedi will will rise. Exactly. Now, is that plural or singular? Is Luke? Is he afraid Luke of bringing back a whole generation of Jedi again, or is he talking about the new Jedi, i.e., Rey, will rise? And then it calls into question the the title of of the Last Jedi. Right? Ryan Johnson has said it. It could have either meaning, but now he says that the movie, when at the start of the movie, it's Luke. By the end of the movie, it could be both again. It could be Ray. Makes it quite a brilliant title when you think of it like that. So true, so true. Remember when it dropped? Oh, I can't believe any of us, none of us guessed it. We were all like, uh, trying to make it go with Empire, you know, so like a uh, charge of the resistance and. Or Charge of the First Order, whatever it was. Fury of the First Order. Yeah, the That's Fury. Funny. And James's. Ironically, coincidentally, whatever. <laughs> All right, thanks, Ads. Looking forward to next week's uh, Ads edition. All right, so some Bradley banter this week. Let me pull this up. All right. <clears throat> Hello, Kyle and Corey. Hope you had a wonderful week. I just spent the last few hours on the lake fishing for bass. Hope to report we happy to report we didn't get skunked. My daughter caught one to save the day, thank goodness. Even though the fish weren't biting, we were blessed with a beautiful sunset. All right, boys, let's get to it. So I'll just preface this by saying that that Bradley wanted us to do a Tuscan Raider impression. <clears throat> As you can tell, my throat is uh, not cooperating. And also, if I do a Tuscan Raider impression at 1130 at night, my wife will probably come downstairs and jab a pencil in my ear and out the other ear. So <clears throat> that'll be the end of the Tumbling Saber podcast if I do that. So no can do on that one. I got you covered. You're going to do it? Yeah, I was going to say uh, I'm probably going to wake up the whole house, but let's let's do this. Ready? <clears throat> You like that? <laughs> wow. You didn't like that? Wow, that was that was almost perfect. <laughs> A little too perfect. A little too perfect. Good job. Alright, so let's get to it. Let's talk about the runtime on The Last Jedi. Two hours and thirty minutes. Yes, thank you, Ryan Johnson. I'm so happy to hear that. This film is going to be this long. The longer the better, in my opinion. The second act seems to have several significant threads along with the main plot and this lengthy time only eases my anxiety on how they're going to squeeze all of these threads into the movie. 
So what are your initial thoughts on the running time? And do you think there's a possibility this runtime will change? So let's stop there, Corey. Two and a half hours. What do you think? Here's what I got to think. I think it's awesome. I, th- I think it does run a little long, but I think we want that for this film. I We've all been dying for more Star Wars. I mean, it's only been a year, but this is the saga. It's different, and it looks like this movie's going to have a lot to tell us. It looks like there's going to be a lot going on. There's a lot of different characters in this saga, you know? Like, there's a lot of different uh, story arcs going on. So, yeah, I'm on the same boat. I'm totally stoked. Um, The longer, the better, I guess. But two hours and 30 minutes seems perfect. It's not three hours. It's, It's still a good chunk of time but uh i have a feeling this movie is just gonna flow yeah yeah i mean one i one of the criticisms that i have of the force awakens is that it is just the pace is breakneck like the movie doesn't slow down at all and even when it pretends to slow down it only does so for like a couple minutes like the, the whole scene like the wrath transition scene from act one to act two it's really quite quick, and it's not really a, a slowdown scene either. There's like there's a, those quiet moments on the Falcon as they travel to uh, Takodana, but still really slow. And then back at the Resistance base, they put together this plan to destroy a whole planet, just like that. It's a like even the moments that are supposed to be slow and let things kind of air out a bit, even those move quick. And that's kind of a J.J. Abrams thing, which worries me a little bit for Episode Nine. If I had to have a criticism. But yeah, for, for this movie, episode eight, like we've known for a while that there's going to be a lot packed into this movie. Like a, a ton. So two and a half hours seems about right to me to let these things breathe. It seems like the pacing, I mean, if the editing is going to play a role, I would hope that they like let this thing just slow down a little bit in, in key areas and let us process what, what's going on. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the more the better. But so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really complain about that. Oh, it sounds like good news to me. It's, it's falling right into the average margins. Actually, it's uh, it's 14 minutes longer, I think, than the uh, longest running Star Wars prior. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the average is for a Star Wars movie, but I imagine it's somewhere in the two hour, 12 minute range. So this is significantly longer. Yeah, we get a, it's like we get a whole extra act. Maybe a whole extra reel? <laughs> no, no, yeah, maybe not a whole act, that's true. Yeah, makes more sense, but... But yeah, I mean, the, the longest movie prior to this was Attack of the Clones. And then uh, Revenge of the Sith is 2.20, and Attack of the Clones is 2.22. So those are, those are two heavy movies. And this one, this one will be, you know, several minutes longer if this report's accurate. So that I guess that leads to our next point. There's going to be so much more to talk about, which is awesome because every scene is going to be something, man. There's going to be so much to talk about. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about this movie for months. Years? But do, do you think there's a <laughs> – yeah, probably years. This, this movie will impact probably everything. Uh, do you think there's a possibility this runtime will change? Like, do you think that the, the the news we've gotten is in fact accurate? Uh, you know, it has again. It's one of those things that hasn't been confirmed. 
uh, it does seem like a really clean number. So I'm kind of got, I got a bit of reserve on it, but uh, I guess I'm kind of leaning toward that. But I don't want to think that I'm not going to say like, yes, it's confirmed. Like I, I, I have a good feeling that it is that long, but it seems like that's at two hours and thirty minutes. It almost seems like uh, Ryan Johnson just you looked at that. Okay, now you know two hours thirty minutes. Boom, it's like on on point. You know, it's like right there at the marker. So it kind of makes sense, as again for this film. But uh, until you hear it from the from their mouths, like I'll. Uh, yeah, we need, to, we need to see something from the MPAA or something like that. We need them to confirm it for us. That that I mean, that's going to happen soon. Somewhere at some point, very soon, that's that's going to break. Someone's going to screen cap something from a from an industry website, and then we'll have we'll have our our confirmation. But yeah, I, I, I Bradley, there is there is the possibility that this changes. But two and a half hours seems to make sense to me. And we did we did a poll. Or a little game in uh, the TSW VIP group, and we all just sort of threw a number. How long is this movie going to be? And nobody really came close. I think uh, Jeremy was the closest at 140 minutes. And that's still a full 10 minutes off. And he was the closest. I, I came in at like 131 or 133 or something like that, and everybody was kind of in that range. Nobody was really close. All right, so I'm going to continue with with Bradley here. So let's go back to a childhood long, long ago. In 1980, nine-year-old Bradley laid eyes upon the second installment in the Star Wars trilogy and was completely blown away and amazed. From huge adats walking across a frozen planet, shooting down unfamiliar spaceships, a small green creature in a swamp training Luke to be a Jedi, to Vader dropping the biggest out-of-nowhere revelation with these mind-blowing words, No, I am your father. All I can say is that I was completely surprised and confused all at the same time. It wasn't the Star Wars I had grown to know. The main characters were, were the same, but yet they weren't. They were older, more seasoned. The vehicles were the same, with a few new sprinkled in at the beginning and ending. New characters like Yoda and Lando added a new twist, along with Cloud City and its modern clean look. It was all a lot to digest the first several times. That being said, it was Star Wars, all of it, and it in time, it was perfect. Why am I telling this story? Because at first, Empire Strikes Back was was different, strange, and even weird at times. And it's quite possible this is the way we're going to see The Last Jedi when it comes out. And I'm here to say, that's okay. In due time, it will fit with the rest of the story, and it will be perfect in the only way a Star Wars movie can be. Just remember this, John Williams is the glue. His score will make it feel like Star Wars no matter what you see. So Star Wars fans, don't fret. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Thanks, guys, for letting me banter. Have a great week. Only eight more days until a Star Wars trailer. Life is good. May the Force be with you and yours always. Cheers from Bradley. Love this guy's positivity. Yeah. I, I, that I, was that was some solid banter, too. It was absolutely solid banter. I, I, I like the storytelling there. Yeah, um, Definitely insight into the Bradley man. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, there's something that we've kind of been talking about, right? Like this movie's going to be weird. It's, and we've, we've kind of compared it to empire in that way that it didn't, even that movie at the time didn't go over super well because like Bradley said, it was full of weird things. It wasn't the swashbuckling 
happy ending storybook ending that the first movie was. Well, that's exactly it. it. Yeah, like you kind of just said it there. Like Bradley, luckily, uh, bro, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're totally blessed, Bradley, to have experienced this, especially at the age of nine years old, coming off the heels of A New Hope and uh, you growing up in that era at that age, probably like you were like seven when A New Hope came out. So just the buildup to Empire and it not being that film like you had expected, like you said, like you no one expected that film, I guess. Because well, you know, first... I question like how aware were people, especially when you're like six, seven, eight, nine years old. Like how aware are you? There's no internet. There's no twenty four seven news. There's no like you can't just turn on MTV and be like, oh look at that, they're making a new Star Wars. Like obviously the news was out there, but if you watched the first one, you knew the second one was coming out. Did you? I would think so. It's newspapers. That was the thing back then. People made do. Uh, news. How TV. many seven-year-olds are reading newspapers? Either way, there's TVs. There's all kinds. They got schoolyards. Kids talk. Everyone knew about Star Wars. Like, the the build-up to it must have been, like, amazing. And then, like you said, seeing it in theaters and just being like, okay, like, the first one we saw was, a, like you said, a like a box office smash, but it was that that hero's journey and the Death Star blowing up and it's like, woo, you know, and this one was kind of like, whoa, man, like this is like a film and this is so deep, this stuff. Well, yeah, and you know what, like, yeah, it would have been awesome to have grown up in that era just to be part of like the real original run of fans. But I think one of the advantages of having taken in Star Wars when and how we did you know, not coming around to it till the mid eighties is that we didn't sit around ruminating on what the next chapters were going to be like. We went from one to the next to the next without developing this locked in headcanon. So it was, it it was what it was. And it was all kind of one inseparable story. Yeah, but it was beautiful at the same time. Well, that, that's God. what I mean. Like we didn't get a chance to sit around and think about, Ooh, Star Wars part two is going to be so cool. And, Luke's going to fight Darth Vader because that's what's going to happen. He's going to kick his butt all over the place and the bad guys are going to lose. Like we never got a chance to dredge up those those stories in our minds. Like it was just like, okay, take out the first one. Let's put the next one in and see what happens. Oh my God, this is so weird. Let's see how this ends. What I'm curious now when you say it like that, because I think a lot of people would have put this together if you're an actual fan. Uh, had they known at this point once A New Hope was filmed, they're like, okay, we're such a big hit we're doing part two did they know did they say straight off the bat we're doing a trilogy that's it it's three movies now so people are invested in that at that point you know what i mean i imagine that yes they as soon as as soon as part as soon as a new hope was a smash that lucas was going to go ahead with closing a trilogy. Out the trilogy yeah that's it so knowing that they had a trilogy and you know if anyone's into classic storytelling they would think that the middle chapter is the dark one maybe to not that degree because again that's pretty much one of the best moments in cinematic history oh biggest surprises no question i am your father is that's one of the biggest moments in movie history no question um yeah well one other thing I, i like that bradley mentioned that not enough people are talking about and that's john williams like he's the safety net 
Like his 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 soundtracks always make the movie one star better. It's yeah. like, it's it's impossible to <laughs> to overstate like how much better the movies are because of him. Yeah, and the fact that he's super into it, he loves Star Wars, and he's been on record as saying that, yeah, like as long as I'm alive, no one else is writing for Ray because he's into it. That means he's into the character, he's into the story, into the actress, whatever. Like, I love this this character. Yeah, no, that's great. It's great that he has that emotional investment into the story and into the characters. Love it. But yeah, like. John, I can't like I can't wait for the for the soundtrack to come out. I can only, I I just with a two and a half hour movie, that's a lot of music. Like John Williams really had to put in a lot of work with this one. And I hope, I mean, the Force Awakens was the soundtrack that's available to us is a single disc. So if if the Last Jedi is also going to be a single disc, there's going to be a lot of movie, a lot of music cut from the movie or cut from the the soundtrack. And that's going to piss me off. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. it will. Like, There's a lot of music in The Force Awakens that is not on the disc. And it bothers me. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Uh, it would bother me too if I got to sit at work and listen to them on a pair of $800 headphones. <laughs> I tell you, sometimes it, life, life is good at work. Anyway, I, I got to step it up last week. I told you about that, right? I saw you post something about, uh, yeah, I think they were like seven, eight hundred bucks, and you like whipped them off your head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just listening to uh, the Nerd Room, like everybody should be. Indeed. And, and uh, Troy was about to. They were they were talking about um, spoiler stuff, and he gave me like a one second spoiler warning. So I just like chucked the headphones off my head when he said, "Kyle, this is for you." Ah. And I was like, oh, I think I know where he was going. But anyway, I didn't want to hear it. But yeah, if I'm going to throw $700 headphones around, they're not gonna, I don't want it to be mine. Uh, but no, I got to step it up again last week. Listening to like a, headphones worth a couple of grand. Ugh, crazy stuff, man. Like yeah, I, People listening love wasting to soundtracks, money. Eh? Listening to the Star Wars soundtracks. Like I, I just took off and went to our showroom for like 45 minutes and just listened to Star Wars music. And... These headphones just unearth like instruments in the background that I've I've never heard before. That's I didn't so even cool. know they were there. It was That's nuts. Awesome. So needless to say, now I want these headphones. Just steal a pair. <laughs> Security's uh way tighter now. <laughs> way tighter. All right, Bradley, thank you, sir. Lots to chew on there. And yeah, I, I like that Bradley is showing some some uh, moxie there and, and knowing that The Last Jedi is yeah, going to take some digesting. We're going to have to chew your food very slowly and carefully at that meal. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say moxie, but dude, that's some sage wisdom. And also, it comes along with this as well. I'm happy you guys caught a fish, but I can tell you, Bradley, Kyle and I, we went out with my dad so many times fishing, like, and man... Did we get skunked? We got skunked a lot. And not only... <laughs> that, that's the life of fishing, though. See, sometimes you just don't... Most of the time, you just you just don't catch. You know what the crazy part is, though? Think about this, Kyle. Like, in our childhood, uh, we went on the ice to fish, ice fishing, 
I'd say at least a good 50 to 100 times with whoa, Skidoo's. Whoa, whoa, Jeez. Dude, Kyle, he was taking us uh, twice a week at one point when when we were in between. You were probably in like grade five, maybe? I would I would say we've been like 25 times. Okay. Say between 25 and 50. <laughs> sure. Either way, we never, ever, ever caught a fish ice fishing. Not once. Not that we're not well. I don't know because you and I never stuck around long enough. Well, no, bro. He, you know, Dad. You'd be like, check it out. Ah, we always took off. We're gonna no go. One ca- we're no gonna one go caught. Plow some ice, and we're gonna go shoot the puck around, or we're gonna go just run off. It doesn't matter. We would have known. So, did you catch anything? No. Can we stop talking about fishing on a yeah. Star Wars podcast? My God. Well, either way, <laughs> I know. I, I know what Bradley says with the skunk thing. <clears throat> yes, and Bradley, to answer your question, uh, no, no to fly fishing. Never tried it. Yes. Yeah, All right, here. Nathan's back this week with we're going we're going back into Rebels territory here for a couple questions. So Nathan says, "Hey fellas, hope your week was great. As we approach the premiere of Rebels, I've been rewatching some episodes of past seasons and been doing some contemplating on them. In doing so, I've developed a new grievance, Ahsoka. Uh oh." In the Clone Wars, we saw her on multiple occasions act as a teacher. It became a sort of theme theme as it weaved through the Mandalore, Onderon, and Padawan arcs of the show. She was pretty good at it, finding relative success at the end of each story. Yet in Rebels, given the opportunity to help instruct a young student with a master who had never completed his training himself, she was set aside. Unlike Rex, who jumped right into training Ezra immediately. Now, I get that Ahsoka was no longer a Jedi, and so didn't want to interfere with Jedi training. But come on, Kanan was even hoping for the help. And even without being a Jedi, she still has 15 years of experience being a lightsaber-wielding Force user in a time when such folk were hunted. Not even Kanan did that. Not only that, but she did so without falling to the dark side. Surely she possesses knowledge that both Ezra and Kanan could use. All that is to say that I think this was a huge missed opportunity. They could have so easily capitalized on what they had already built in the Clone Wars. And since Filoni is so eager to bring as many of those elements into Rebels as possible, I wish he had also carried over that defining characteristic of Ahsoka. Am I on the money, or do you guys think it was well enough left alone? Have a great show, guys. Alright, so, um... I, I, I feel Nathan's pain here, because I've... I've wondered this myself and i know that ahsoka kind of gave some sage wisdom and advice here and there and that was probably her contribution as teacher but yeah i've thought about this and it it is weird like kanan was desperate to dump ezra onto master unduly right so that's that's because he wasn't confident in himself and he himself hadn't been dubbed a jedi knight yet sure but then here comes ahsoka onto the scene like that his prayers answered. Here's another Jedi to help you. And they didn't cross that threshold. So, as we're not being, or as, uh, sorry, Ahsoka having given up being a Jedi seems like the workaround here. Like, how can I train to be, train you to be a Jedi if I'm not a Jedi myself? That seems like a per- perfectly reasonable and very felony workaround. But if she chose to leave, couldn't she also cho- choose to rejoin and help revive the order? Well, she says in her... Don- well, 
the last battle we see her in, Vader tells her straight up, like, that's not the Jedi way. And she's like, I'm no Jedi. And that that's honestly one of the greatest moments in Star Wars ever. Yeah. But I, I almost got the sensation that she was like a teacher imposed on us. Like you said, like she did impart wisdom here and there. But it's not like I guess she was super into it. Well, it, well she didn't like have an, an active teaching role. She wasn't like, not okay, that we, Ezra, let's go no, step aside here. We're going to practice uh, Form 4 or whatever it was. Yeah, well, that that's just it, man. Like, who, we don't know exactly what the master-apprentice relationship is. Uh, we know she did impart knowledge onto them. I agree with Nathan in the sense that there's a lot of missed opportunity there in the sense that they could have showed some of the stuff that she showed them. But at the same time, we don't know that she didn't show them stuff. We just didn't see it. But if you look at the if you look at the events of season two, bro, listen, the events of season two, Ezra's power grows exponentially within her presence. Kanan becomes a Jedi because, you know, well, not because, but in her presence. You know what I mean? That season, he, he passes his trial against the Inquisitor or whatever, but she she's there. Like all like all, they they progress exponentially both their characters with the force while she's able to be with them now granted again we don't necessarily see what she's telling them and i'm kind of in the line like she can't tell them too much because she's not a jedi anymore like uh nathan had said like she doesn't want to bias them with her new understanding of the force she has a different view of the force and what it is she's still a good guy but she's free to uh, well, I do think different she's things. Like at, not, she's not at arm's length with the Force, but she's definitely at arm's length from the Jedi. So I, yes. I can see from that standpoint why she wouldn't want to start teaching them. That's it. Like, those aren't her teachings anymore. Like, she's discovered a new path that works for her. You know, she's got the white sabers. She's not evil. Uh, she's found her way. And just again, look at the look at the power growth of Ezra between one and two. Like in season two, like Ezra is starting to starting to kick ass pretty hard. Yeah, I mean like he's he, embracing his power and stretching even Sato, his legs a little bit. Sato, remember? Follow him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, well, I think in the end, it's the answer is is sort of a pragmatic one. Like if you make, like think about how like we we all suspected Ahsoka was coming back and how excited we were and how badly we wanted to see her. Right, so if if Filoni goes ahead and makes Ahsoka a bigger part of the story, specifically as Ezra's teacher, it kind of sets the stage for her to overshadow the show, which I wouldn't complain about, her being one of my favorite characters of all. But I think Filoni is, is sensitive to that kind of thing. And he went down that road in season two with the, the Ahsoka Vader story. Like, they had to touch on it sparingly. Right, so... Like they could have let that overshadow everything. Like all we that was, like that's all we talked about in season two, Ahsoka Vader, right? It it No, you're right. That was that was the build up. There there was the mall theme there too, and what was going on with Ezra, but yeah, definitely everyone was on that vein. But everybody wanted to see Ahsoka Vader. That was the thing. It it kind of blew out everybody else. Everything else was kinda cool. The main event was ah- Ahsoka Vader. Same thing in season three with Kenobi and, and Maul. We all wanted to see that narrative play out, but they bookended the season with that. That could have easily, again, overshadowed the season, but Filoni kind of 
hits the brakes on things like that because the show is about Ezra and the ghost crew. That's it. I agree with you there. The same with Luke in, in The Force Awakens, right? Like, that's what um, was it Abrams and, and Kasdan said. Or was it Michael Arndt going even further back? That every time he tried to bring Luke into the story, Luke ended up taking over the story. So Luke's going to be the MacGuffin and we'll see him at the end. That way these new characters shine and Luke can't hog the spotlight. So I, I think in the end that's the answer as to why Ahsoka wasn't made into a bigger player as far as Ezra's training goes. And again, you peel that onion a bit further. If you if you give her that role and you start getting her more active back with the Jedi, it probably makes you want to bring Vader back into the series more, which, again, I wouldn't complain about. But this series isn't about those two characters, right? No, like Ezra, Ezra f- gets lost in his own show. Oh, for sure. You get totally, totally overshadowed. Yeah, I mean, just, just again, just as Ezra was a bit of an afterthought in Twin Sons, nobody gave a rip. It was just Obi-Wan Maul. Just give me that. And then it was like a three-second fight. And, oh, yes, because it's it's Ezra's show. We're not going to, we're not going to regale you with all these characters who aren't really core to the show. Well, we, we've seen them work together in that regard, too. Like, uh, when they're reaching out for Vader, when Vader's, like, smoking the Rebel fleet at one point, like, they close their eyes, they start reaching out in the Force, and she tells them, like, remember your training. So, I, I still agree with Nathan 100% that it was a missed opportunity, at least in one episode, for a few minutes, for Ahsoka to have a moment with either Kanan or Ezra alone, and or both. Tell them where they kind of need to go. And it would have been the one where uh, where the temple's collapsing and she sees Yoda. I can't remember the name of the episode, but that would have been – she sees Yoda at least. You know, it gives her that spark of hope. But well, like, I feel still... like they had those moments, right? Like at the end of um, that episode, I think right before – oh, jeez. They're, they're on Adelon. Ezra's just kind of chilling out, lay, laying down in the sun, and you see Ezra, uh, Ahsoka's head kind of pop into the shot with with the convery overhead. Yeah. Like, they had a few of those moments here or there, but, like, very obviously restrained moments. Like, they did not want to go buck wild with Ahsoka. No, what I see was what he's saying is that she could have imparted some kind of wisdom onto them where we saw it on on screen. Like, this is, hey, guys, like, you know, like, tighten it up. This is why. Anyway, needless to say, needless to say, it's, uh, I, I do agree it's a bit of a missed opportunity, but well, at this point, what are you going to do? Like, I can only hope that it's it's a signal that there's a lot more Ahsoka to come. But thank you, Nathan. I love this question. I love that. I, I think we pretty much agree. But uh, yeah, I think, I think Filoni is a very practical storyteller in that regard, and for better or worse, he showed restraint. The end. But again, thanks. All right, from here we go to Katie. Katie this week says, With Rebels Return weeks away, now which characters would you like to see make a, ca- a guest cameo? We've already got Saw and, Mo- and Mon Mothma coming back, so who else? I'd love to see Cassian and K2. Love the show, and you guys as always. We love you, Katie. Thank you for the question. Uh, of course, I-, I really have to unearth that list that we did some months ago now at the end, I think it was our, as our sort of roundup to season three. And we kind of did a rundown of, of what characters we thought 
uh, might show up again in season four. So I, I don't want to run contrary to those those picks we made. But who do you think who do you, who can you see coming back? Who would, I, I sorry, whole, who would you like to see? I got a whole slew here, but uh, let's just get Ahsoka out of the way right away. I don't necessarily want to see Ahsoka, but I definitely want to have tidbits of information about her. Like, just keep the mysticism growing. I don't think they're going to wrap up whatever happened to her in this season. Like, there's probably it's just going to be too much, and it doesn't do the character justice. But I definitely want a breadcrumb. Leave us a tidbit for something bigger coming up. Uh, I don't know if you want to call this next one a cameo, but Hondo's got to make a reappearance. Come on. I would say Hondo's going to make more than a cameo. I hope so. He could be that unexpected help. He he could do the hero thing. I I guess. But he's, I mean, he's, he's had so many opportunities to do the hero thing and he just keeps being a pirate. I don't, no, I, don't, he, I don't see that he, changing now. I've seen it changing in the last couple times we've seen him. He's, his heart's changing because of Ezra. Mm, he's out know. for himself, but he's just... I think, I think he just happens to like Ezra and wants Ezra to join his crew. No, he's a lot less vile, volatile than he was in the Clone Wars. Like, his heart's lighter. Okay. Uh, I, I I run contrary to you. I I want to see Ahsoka. I definitely want to see her. I don't know that it's going to happen, but that's what I want. Um, Jin, I want to see Jin make a cameo. I I you know what? I didn't think that would be possible because I thought that you know uh, Saw had abandoned her, right? So she was just kind of like a a street urchin running around the galaxy fending for herself. But now that she's going to actually meet Sabine in Forces of Destiny. There's that, that. I mean, it's kind of like a soft cannon thing, right? But that connection seems to be made, and they seem to think over at Lucasfilm that it's possible for those two people or that group and that person to uh, to run into one another. So I'd love to see Jin. That's it. How far? I think it's when Jin's 16 saw Dumpster. Pretty much, yeah. And she's what? The events of Force Awake, uh, Rogue One, or she's about, what, 20? 21, I think she's supposed to be. That's it. So in that regard, it doesn't fit in, but it'd be cool to see her come back as well. Uh, well I don't see on, it happening. It depends on where exactly we are with season four. I mean, we're, maybe... we're leading up to Scarif, but we, who knows? We might be like a full year out from Scarif, Scarif still. Hey, it'd be, be kind of cool. I mean, it's a bit late in the sense that it should have been a, more of a buildup to Rogue One. Like, now you can tie it all in together, which is still incredibly amazing and good storytelling. But if you do have that green kyber crystal, you can get Galen in the mix. You can get Jin in the mix and Saw. So there's a lot of stuff being covered there, which is really, really interesting. And any Alan Tudyk is good. I'd love to see K2 back. Cassian? Give me anybody from from, from Rogue One. I mean, I guess I guess we don't need to see Baze or Chirrut. No, there's true. No, you there's can no even real see, reason to bring them back. You know, fan service, you can show Bodhi as a, an Imperial pilot. Yeah, I, I guess you don't really know until it happens. Right? Like, oh yeah, fine, just throw in Bodhi for fun. Why not? At some point, you get fed up and it's like, okay, stop with the fan service. 
No, I, I got know. you. I, I got I got a few here, a few more here. Um, I mentioned these a while ago, but slight chance, but you're opening up a whole nother can of worms there. Like that's if you're gonna have a much longer seasons like the Clone Wars and be able to do these different story arcs, whereas Rebels is kind of one cohesive story. The other told different stories throughout the galaxy in three, four episodes, but the comeback of Commander Cody, you know, get that whole Rex dynamic there. And that'd be cool. Yeah, Brothers lost, you know, like maybe he's still fighting for the Empire, you know. I couldn't retire. They gave me the Scarif package and I said no. <laughs> um, Yularen. I'd like to see some more Yularen. Well, that makes sense. That I was mean, that was a great little cameo. I agree. I'd like to get a little. It was, it, it that, was an, another slice of the you know, making us as viewers sympathize with the Imperials. We loved Yularen. Yeah, we loved him. He was still, and even in Empire, uh, that show, they couldn't make him out really to be the bad guy. He was kind of more just like the strategist and smart guy still. Yeah, he was just a good company man. He wasn't evil. He was never evil. He just didn't tell the truth. Um, Piet, I would like. I wouldn't mind seeing like a younger Lieutenant Piet. Garbage. It's like we're talking about cameos here. Like a cameo is not supposed to be epic, Corey. Yeah. Piet. Uh, Ray Sloan. I have her on my list. That would be pretty good tying in. But I feel like she needs to be a little bit more than just a cameo. Well, yeah, kind of. I know what you mean. Uh, At that point, she'd probably still be close to cadet status as well. Yeah, I think she'd be... Well, I don't don't know if she'd be a cadet. She was in one of the comics already, right? Which one was she in? Damn it, I forget. But she definitely wasn't a cadet. And this is a... I think she'd be... Again, in the lieutenant captain zone. Uh, well, yeah, that could work then for sure. Um, Porkin, Porkins one. and Biggs. Yeah, definitely. That uh, nice little cameo. Get uh, Wes Jensen, uh, Wedge all all together. Start seeing the beginning of Rogue Squadron. I think Rogue Squadron is going to be a result of both the movie and the Phoenix Squadron. You know, like the best of the best, the Top Gun. Yeah, I wonder if they could go like into Lost Stars and put in uh, CNRE or or Thane. I doubt that, but that would be super cool. Dude, I'm going to bust out my big guns now. Oh boy. All right. So, uh for for shits and giggles, let let's see. Let's get Nian Num back. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah, um, sure. Radis Really tying into the whole Rogue One thing as well. Need Radis. Yeah. Uh, and the big one, which would be really cool because get the impression he's maybe a bit older than Luke, which in this era puts him at like early 20s, mid 20s, possibly latest 30s. Uh, Lor Santeca. Boom. Get, it, get, the, get him somewhat involved with the. Ezra and Kanan, or maybe Ezra and Kanan are the reason why he joins the Order and the, the Church or the Wills of the Force, you know, like 
maybe he's his homeland is Lothal, you know. I, look, you, you know, I've I've said I wanted I want more Lor Santeca. I think there's a lot of stories to be told through that guy. I don't know. I don't know if they have the time. I mean, I feel like the, you just can't just gloss over him. Maybe you can. I don't know. I don't do Someone's, these shows. Some, you know what it really boils down to? Is that Ezra and Kanan can't be forgotten in the sands of time. And they need to be uh, recognized and recorded within the journals of the wills. At one point, someone's going to have to do that and know of them. Why? Well, you would hope so. It'd be an awful waste if, if those two Jedi just all went for naught. But how could they, right? Like, the Rebellion lives on, and they were known members of the Rebellion. They Their names have to resonate within the the Rebellion. Somewhere there's... Somebody's remembered Kanan and Ezra. No question about that. Like, I'm sure Luke gets there at some point and goes, damn it, there were Jedi here in the Rebellion a couple of years before me? What happened? Where'd they go? Dude, they're going to be held... Uh, they should be held... Whatever happens in this season, I hope they're held in really high regard. Like, if barring death, let's... Uh, I don't know if either of them, or both, or none, but if they if they live... Or if, if the idea of them living is, is, you know, in our minds, I'd like for there to be a story that comes out in a comic book or a novel of Luke going, you know, when I was part of the Rebellion, things were so crazy, but I kept hearing talk of this Phoenix Squadron and this ghost crew, and there were two Jedi with that crew. There was the, there was some big battle on Lothal or something like that, or whatever, and then nobody heard from those two Jedi anymore. Nobody knows their fate. I gotta go... I have to go find. No, I got them. you there. I would love to see Luke trying to track down Kanan or and or Ezra. Presuming oh, not only that, die. just I think their story ends at this. I don't know how, but again, the direction we've been going, uh, this is really controversial. But um, you know, the fact that Ezra is able to communicate with the wolves. Um, the whole Convery wolf thing, you know, maybe there's there's life after death through being in an altered presence or being, being an altered being. I don't know. Like maybe they discover that by the end of that. So the, the viewer says like, oh, wow, that's like the pack of wolves is like Ahsoka or obviously that's not the case. Well, or like Ezra or, and Kanan, you know, like we know as a viewer when we see these animals, oh, wow, it's them, you know? Like, they figured it out. Yeah. All right, anybody else on your list? I mean, you said Radis. I'm going to say Akbar. Yeah. I'd love to see Akbar. Akbar. Yeah. Akbar was there too, but I, I went Radis over just because, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, Radis makes more sense. Yeah. Given the I time frame. Fight. But Akbar would be cool, man. It's they have to have Akbar or Radis. You gotta have or one both. of those two. Or but I mean I'm not gonna complain if they do both. It'd be cool it'd be cool if they got both of them in there and then being like kind of like uh, pretty different people or Mon Calamari and kind of butting heads a bit. I think they both like to fight though. 
I like to fight. <laughs> All right, Katie, is that enough cameos for you? We packed in a lot of cameos for a very short season. Obviously, not all of those all of those are going to work out, but hopefully, a couple pan out. All right, guys. I, I, I hope her presumption as well of uh, Cassian and K two come to fruition as well. Like that was kind of something left on the bone there too. Like you know, K 2s conversion to the rebellion as well as Cassian being a Fulcrum agent. Well, did, did you pick up the Cassian and K two one shot? And more importantly, did you read it? I picked it up. I did not read it. <laughs> uh, I don't know exactly when it takes place. But uh, again, it's it could be a timeline thing. Where does this fit? Like, is K2 with Cassian at this point in Rebels? And if so... I think so. From what I've heard of it, he had him like two, three years from what I remember anyhow. All right, then it probably makes sense that they're in Rebels. So yeah, I, w- I would love to see these two in Rebels. I mean, don't forget, like, um, what's the name of that droid, that assassin droid from season three? Well, I remember. And then Dave Filoni said, had I known, had I seen the pictures, I kind of probably would have tied that in together, you know? Yeah, he would He would have made that one of those um, K2 droids. So maybe he's corrected that course in in season four. But even, the, even what he did there was so perfect, man. It reminds you of that uh, classic Star Wars shot of, it's like a triangle and that, like, it almost looks like the robot from Metropolis walking in a, you know what I mean? It's like this really old image. No, it was the, the droid from, a, yeah. It was it was an old C-3PO concept based on that old school, like 1930s movie. Yeah. So it really looked like that, you know, so that was kind of cool throwback. Totally. All right, Katie, thank you. Um, anybody else want to throw in some uh, suggestions for cameos that we've not yeah, yet seriously. said? Yeah. Love to hear them. All right, uh, Dan Solo is back at Star Wars Sucker here is what his question is for the week. My feeling is that the canon has got a bit messy and there have been many opportunities missed. I would go back and redo The Force Awakens and tie everything in more more cohesively. If you had the opportunity to relay canon, where would you go back? Where would you go uh, so where would you go back to? This can include the OT. Also, possibly an interesting one, one to think about. Where do you think Lucasfilm would go back to if they would at all? Thanks and have a great show, Dan Solo. Thanks, Dan. Like this is a toughie. This is a tough yeah, question. It really is. Um, like when when Dan says like things getting messy for me, that means discrepancies and contradictions and breaks in continuity. And for like my gold standard now is is Yoda's lightsaber. You know, in, in oh, the, the locations book versus the Darth Vader book. And like Wesley has like a running list of. Exactly. I was just going to say that Wesley's got like this list of, I think he's trying to do a hundred things. Yeah. I mean, there's probably more, but yeah, Wesley, Wesley's got the list of, of like breaks and continuity. Like that for me is messy. Um, I think Dave went, sorry, Dan went on later just to uh, go deeper into his question. Had had given some, some. Uh, more depth to his question about like the Bendu and all these different facets of the force now, like things have really splintered off in all kinds of crazy directions since, you know, I really, I guess ever since the prequels came around. Um, What do you think, Corey, where has this gotten a little bit too much for you? 
Well, I, I think I know, I know what he means in the sense that there's a lot of things that like are up in the air, but at the same time, like, that's kind of the way they need to keep it to be able to continue the story. It's like the the tumbling saber kind of, you know, it's like uh, they're bobbling something as they go. No, you can't just catch it and it stops, you know. So they're kind of just running with it in a way. Well, yeah, I think I think what he's really talking about is that there's there's so many platforms now and so many characters and so many concepts and so many major storylines going on that it's 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 really hard to keep up as you know fans on this side of the fence, but also being creators on the other side, it's it's probably hard to keep a lid on things. Like, it, is it is is there too much going on? Oh yeah, there's too much going on for sure. Like uh, I think a, a certain point of view book points that out in the sense that uh, uh, there's how many stories in that book? Forty. That's what I thought. So yeah, Pablo forty for the fortieth anniversary. There you go. So um, Pablo had mentioned something along the lines of, you know, he didn't say which stories or whatever, but he's like, they're just stories. Like, don't start getting up in this canon thing. Like maybe some things are canon. Maybe some things aren't. It's totally up in the air for them. They're at this point, they can't write themselves into a corner. Like you had said, you know, especially when it comes to the force too, they got to be really careful about how they write that kind of thing. I guess. Yeah. But you know what? That I hate that. And that's, that's, that's a me thing. And I'm willing to, you know, get shot arrows at for that, for my stance on this. But I think, I think maybe Wesley also feels the same way. Maybe he doesn't, but I can't, stand the idea of well maybe this is canon maybe it's not no i i don't like it all that much either because it's it's like a fail safe for them well we need to do this moving forward so that doesn't really count it's like when you're reading the story you're gonna be like i granted some things i guess just don't matter and i hope they leave it in that regard but if it's a big thing then you're like like what the heck like Like, honestly i I think some things will be obvious you'll be able to tell that this is bs but other you know, other things are gonna be like, well, is the, like, can I rely on this or not? Like, should I apply this knowledge to my understanding of that character or or this situation or storyline? You might not ever know. I, I I don't like that. I don't want to waste my time reading stuff that doesn't count. That's why I don't read. Uh, that's why I stopped reading Legends, and it's why I'm like I'll never pick up a Legends book. I just well, I wouldn't I wouldn't limit yourself like that in the sense that these are just short stories, so that they could still be great fun stories oh yeah i'm sure some of them are going to be so cool like funny or cute or touching or whatever but i i think a lot of that is also pablo too being like because he's the canon guy right pablo 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 everyone's asking him questions all the time so it's just like hey guys take it with a grain of salt okay like back (laughs) off stop bothering me um well, so in another message, Dan Dan gave the example of the Force, uh, Bendu, Chosen One, Midi Chlorians, like things just starting to get very about the Force specifically, just starting to get unwieldy. And then I'll add to that like the Mortis Arc and the Night Sisters and Force Priestesses, all from the Clone Wars. Uh, things have gotten a little wild on that front. Well, yeah, it's it's so much bigger than what we know. It's like they've opened doors that they haven't closed. So everything's kind of up in the air. And, and granted, a lot of these things, like all this stuff from the Clone Wars, all out of Lucas's brain. So if, if that's what he wanted to do, you know, thumbs up to you, George. Power to you. You know what's interesting about that, Kyle? Is that the Clone Wars, 
the Mortis arc was filmed in, I think, 2010, something like that. After the whole, yeah, after the whole prophecy thing. So, you know what I mean? He tied the prophecy into there too. Like, I'm sure he was trying to work around that at that point. I don't know. Room for interpretation? (laughs) I don't think so. Um, I don't know, but like, I, I guess another way to look at it is that we're still so early in this new era of Star Wars that they have all the time in the world to bring these things together in, in relevant ways and, and develop them further or make them more all cohesive together. Or maybe things like the Night Sisters, maybe we never touch on them again and they just get lost to history. And then the things that matter rise to the top. Those things get tied together and all these other things just kind of just drift away. Yeah, for the most part, I have the feeling that it's going to be anything Force pertinent, uh, Jedi, stuff like that. They should probably stick close to the heart of things. Like, that's at the heart of this franchise. But, you know, if it's something like, well, you know, Django wore a blue armor at this point and now he's clearly wearing like orange or whatever, you know, like that, who cares? I really don't care about that. But again, it they don't want to write themselves into a corner and that's really all I got to say about that. So having 40 stories in one book, again, I'm sure they've said you can't do this, 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 this or that. But in the same regard, there's probably going to be things that down the line will end up contradicting each other and you know they're they can be like hey like it's just a story relax pretty much that's that's kind of the thing like it's, it's just just enjoy the story that's what they that's what they want us to do just read the story enjoy with the enjoy the writer's work put the book down and go on with your life <laughs> that's what they want wait John Hamm isn't uh, isn't Maori. <laughs> no, don't don't go there again. <laughs> um, so one one thing I do agree with Dan on is that Lucasfilm would certainly have loved an opportunity to do more movies with the big three in their prime. Like Luke is a full full blown Jedi in his thirties or forties, where you could have had him, like at the peak of his powers, and Han and Leia established as galactic leaders and balancing thing balancing those roles as being uh with with being young parents like, i i wonder what they would have done with luke as a jedi master had they done episodes 7 to 9 with a much younger mark hamill like it would look totally different than what we've got now yeah it almost come to the culmination of it coming to an end again with uh, the culmination being kylo escaping yeah it, it's it, i think if lucasfilm could alter the fabric of space and time they would send things back or make it so that they could do episodes seven eight nine with a younger mark hamill at least leave a hint or a clue to it or like maybe even like well that's true he did interviews saying that he had planned something for like 2012 or whatever which is really cool but the way jedi ends it's it's all wrapped up in a nice little bow, to be honest. Yeah, he had to wrap it up just in case he never revisits. Anyway, I think I think to Dan's point, like that big thirty-year gap between episode six and seven, uh, it it opens 
the chances for like a lot of other stories. But I think to, to Dan's concern, is it are, are they going to feel coherent? And I you know I talked about this earlier in the show. I'd say so far most of the new canon books like they've held very little weight in the overall arc narrative of of the galactic story. Like I don't I hope we don't fill in the gaps of this thirty year period with watered down stories that don't offer very much. Like aftermath, like we talked about before, it's like a thousand plus pages, and I, I the whole thing is kind of forgettable to me. I guess part three was good, and it had some fun characters and some good action, but I'm again like I'm far from alone in saying that it really didn't hit home considering the investment that people put into it both monetarily and time-wise reading these things like i was expecting a lot more like they teased jakku and what did palpatine have in store i I I thought we were gonna get something earth shattering but it was yeah whatever an observatory looking out into unknown space that's another thing too in uh, battlefront you get to go into the unknown regions which i think is awesome yeah, great. Perfect. I mean, it, it kind of links up to Aftermath in that way, which is which is nice. But And this is real, like, really uh, multi-platform, long-form storytelling. Which, I guess, you know, it's kind of cool, but it, it, it's kind of deflating to read a th- over a thousand pages and go, eh, at the end of it. That doesn't make sense. Wait, but Luke said this. Yoda said that. Like Bloodline was good. It was actually really good. I, and I think it's the most useful book in terms of the new canon. And again, Lost Stars was, was good for the, for the perspective that it offered. But I don't know that it offers new information. I got you. Anyway, I feel like we've kind of wandered off track from, from Dan's question. Like, Is there anything you, you would want to go back on and redo just so that it, it kind of plays it a little differently and makes things a little, little tighter. Yeah. Well, I would take one thing out. Um, I've said it before in the past a while ago, but uh, I think the whole political trade faction separatist thing, replace that with some, you know, again, you get to get some politics in there, but they could have got it in there with more um, like black sun uh, underground mafia it could have been a little more hardcore in that regard where the players involved weren't such like pushover puppets mm, I don't know I'm going to disagree on that I think it would have made for cooler action but I think part of the pl- the point of the prequels is how you split a unified democracy and, and, and have the politics of the whole thing go down the crapper. Yeah, well, they, they use the Trade Federation to do that, but instead of using the Trade Federation, you use like a, a mafia type that kind of infiltrates its way into the system and just breaks it down from the inside, kind of, you know? I suppose there's a way to do that, but I think Lucas was trying to really play closer to home with our world and how our our, our political landscapes can be completely muddied the way Palpatine kind of sucked everybody in. Well, either way, that took me out of the film a lot. The whole trade separatists, like 
the characters. Like there, there, there was something there that I think could have been tweaked in the sense where it could have been, made it more interesting to the viewer, especially first time viewers. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Though again, it's, it's the politics of Star Wars is something that people are kind of rallying around these days. Saying like, no, don't don't run away from it. Like lean into it a little bit. Give us some more of that. No, that's fine too. But there was just a it, it's a galactic war. It could have been a little more epic. <laughs> a little more epic. The way it began, like I don't know. Like I just don't see the way the the teams on both sides. They could have changed that part up a bit. Where it was like, man. The techno army is, you know, like they could have been like a lot cooler characters. Like, yeah, this is like uh, the what's his name? Ah, uh, oh. who's the most famous gangster there? Okay, I can't believe I don't remember this. But you know, like like gangsters, I see seeing like controlling government in a way, you know, and in that regard, it could have been. A little more uh, dark, but but that's it. Palpatine was the gangster controlling the government. Yeah, but the gangster controlling the gangsters like that makes it even better. Like Palpatine's is like so badass. It's like everyone that he's going against, they all seem like so weak and be like, like when the gun rays get smoked at the end by Anakin, they're like, Meh! they're running like little girls, you know. What's wrong? <laughs> Have you ever seen Harley run? Kid can fly, man. Dude. Your kid's awesome like that. She got good balance. Um boy, I if if I could, I'd probably write out midi chlorians. I don't have a problem with them per se. But I would I would if I if given the chance, I would write them out. I have to agree with you there. Uh, like I've always said this in the past. I like the quantification of uh force usage and that regard but midichlorians are just such a weird concept that it's not necessary like you could have still showed the sense that when you look at anakin in that bubble compared to like yoda like here's yoda here's anakin's potential they could have still showed that without having been like well there's these organisms and souls within you that are more abundant than someone else like i I find the concept pretty benign like i don't find it hurts but i don't think it helped and that's why I'd get rid of it. Well, that's why they haven't mentioned it really too much more since. Yeah, in the OT, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I would change anything about that. I would For Jedi, I know I would spend a whole lot less time in the first act on, on Tatooine. Half the, movie, oof, half the movie on Tatooine, I thought that was way too long, way too slow. I gotcha. But it started us off. We loved it. Got Tuscan Raiders out of it. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, it was a different aspect of uh, that. Everything had come full circle at that point. We started there. We're ending there. Like, look at look at the change in Luke coming back there. No, I know. I get it. But like, it was like 45, 50 minutes on Tatooine. I thought it was just way too long. Oh, that is kind of long now that you mentioned it. I would have definitely tightened that up and 
we would have gotten more about Palpatine. Yeah, it just would have been grander stuff than just gangster Jabba the Hutt. All right, Dan. I don't know if we answered your question. I hope so, but I, I know what you mean. It, it's 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 getting a little bit unwieldy, but we thank you for right. the question, and we wrap things up again with with Jeff, Mister Cantocast himself, who says, "Hey guys, hope you two are having a wonderful weekend." Here is my question for this week. I don't like to talk about real life politics, but your friendly neighbors to the south have a slight problem. We have a crazy person in charge. You could say we have Emperor Palpatine running things. Anyway, my question is, who from the Star Wars universe, universe could help us da- out down here? Can't wait to hear your advice, because we all know anyone would do a better job. You guys are awesome. Talk to you soon. Corey, do you have any advice for our, our friends to the south? I feel for you, bro, because it's not only your problem, it's honestly a global problem. <laughs> like, we're your neighbors to the north, and we feel it, bro. Like, uh, when it happened, anyway, whatever. I get sick to my stomach sometimes. Give me an ulcer, goddammit. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't I don't want to go with the, uh, this for you, Rob, low-hanging fruit. I'm going to exclude politicians because Mon Mothma and Leia would bitch slap this guy right the heck out of office. Like, literally. <laughs> so, um... I mean, first of all, I want to say almost pretty much anyone, but uh, let's let's start with Jabba. <laughs> that, that doesn't make things better. Jabba's better. You really think so? Yeah, because he's, he's like he's like the mafioso. At least he's got some kind of level of respect. You know I, what I, I mean? Don't know that he does. By the way. It's better. <laughs> How about even a Gamorrean guard? That's on my list. Oh my god! See, see the the way I look at it is that I I don't liken forty five to Palpatine because Palpatine thinks he thinks clearly and he's a master strategizer. That's not what number forty five does. He's impulsive and petulant. He's everything that Palpatine's not, except for the. You know, selfishly evil part. Um, yeah, one, one plans long term, and the other just says what's in his brain at that moment. I would say uh, Putin is your Palpatine, and Trump is more like Dooku, sort of the the disillusioned puppet. And like the parallels are there; they're both rich, old, and brash. So the problem is, you, so you need someone to take care of Dooku, and. Uh, you know, the real Palpatine is, is, is some, somebody else's problem. That's, that, that's one that's not going away anytime soon. But deal with Dooku. I mean, he's still, still a pretty big fish. So who, who deals with Dooku? I don't know. Like, Anakin relieved him of his duties, but that only helped bring Palpatine's plan to fruition quicker. So just, you, you need to, and like you said, Corey, it's Mon Mothma and Leia would just, not only would they bitch slap him, but they would totally talk him down get all of them in there man like who else can be female in that crew Hera but at least no Mon Mothma and Leia are perfect just because they're diplomatic really you know like Sabine those girls they might Jin they might kind of lose it well they'd kick his ass 
like physically beat him up. Uh, Representative wise, face wise, bro, your savior, Lando Calrissian. Just just go all bro on him. For sure, he's, he's guys. We gotta unify. Yeah. Hey, put yeah. Lando could be like. Uh, well, it could have been like the the Steve Bannon to save us all. That's it. Put a little love in your heart. I like that. Lando could have. Yeah. That's as good a choice as any. Maybe maybe Bail Organa. Oh, bro, of course. But I, like I said, I excluded all politicians because all politicians well, you did from say Star Land Wars. Mothma. But I said I'm excluding them. <laughs> I had to give them props. But you know, you throw Bill in that in that uh, lot as well for sure. Any of these guys, they're gonna come to Earth and be like, "All right, some major changes happening." Yeah, absolutely. But that's that, that's the way I see it, Jeff. You can't look at you can't look at forty five as Palpatine. I agree with you there too, because uh, man, the real Palpatine is over there, on the other side. All right, I'm at the end of the end of the line here. I think we're done. Jeffrey, thank done you, with sir. You, bro. And again, a big thanks to Ads, Bradley, Nathan, Dan, Katie. And aforementioned Jeff, thank you guys so much. Uh, and everybody, I'm curious to hear from all of you on what um, on all the things we talked about today. But what what do you want to see next in animation? Uh, what do you think of that Rebels poster? What do you think about some cameos that yeah, we're going to get? Cameos. Uh, let's, let's let's keep talking about this stuff. Um. Yeah. There you go, Corey. Anything? Uh, any parting words? Well, uh, just want to say I love you, bro. Oh, You're awesome! Our fan, uh, our listeners are awesome, and uh, our friends—they're friends. They're not listeners. They're people, dude. It's so true. Honestly, like I, I, it's so hard to describe. Like I try to explain it to my wife sometimes. Like, man, like my friend, my friend. She's like, you never met them. I'm like, but you don't know how I feel inside. <laughs> Back off, <laughs> step off. But honestly, uh. Hit me up on my email anytime at with a Z at tumblingsaber.com. That's with a double E. But I really want to hear from you all the time, anytime. Shoot some gifts at me at chop rules with a Z. There you go. Um, so our powerful friends this week, I don't know what we're doing this week. I'll be honest with you. Uh, we could do some journals of the willing action, but... Uh, no, Steve's a busy guy. He's getting married in a few days, so he might be a little too busy. So I don't know. Are we gonna are we gonna crank out another Sith disturbers? Only time will tell. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, if you like this podcast and you haven't become a powerful friend yet, uh, it's now time. It's a new month, and no better time to go to Patreon.com/slash/TumblingSaber and become a powerful friend, and uh, that that gets you eligible for a monthly prize draws. Uh, exclusive podcasts, early access to some other podcasts, uh, a newsletter that's coming out, or may actually have come out by the time you hear this. And uh, if well, if that's not in the cards for you, uh, then please uh, head over to iTunes, leave us a review, or, this is a, a new one, consider telling one of your Star Wars loving friends about our show, how much fun it is to listen to our show, 
and how much better their life will get as a result to listening to and subscribing to our show. So, Especially if you're Canadian too. Like I don't want to exclude anyone, but man, it's surprising sometimes. Well, how few knuckleheads are on the Star Wars wagon here? Yeah, well, you're able to track stats, and it's not like we go over it all that much. With, but from what I gather, it's like I don't know, man. It's it's hard. <laughs> like locally, it's, it's hard. Yeah. There you go. So that's it. There's there's a bunch of ways you could help us by Patreon, by an iTunes review, or by you know referring a friend to our show. That's that's three easy ways to help us. Um, and in the meantime, between shows, if you're looking for more great Star Wars com- content. You should go look at our friends at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and you've got some great podcasts uh, from Talk Star Wars, from The Nerd Room, from Gen X-Wing, uh, The Rogue Squadron, San Diego Sabres, and The Skyhoppers. Great, great podcasts, one and all. And I'm sure uh, whatever it is you like about Star Wars, that itch will get scratched over at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. And uh, again, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Love to chat with you there. And uh, we'll catch up with you again later this week, my powerful friends. Uh, I just don't know what form that is going to take yet, but uh, be a little surprise for you come this Powerful Friends Friday. Uh, so thanks once again for listening. Have a great week, and we will... Oh, God, Corey. Next week, we're going to be talking about a Last Jedi trailer. Mm, this is true. Mm, it's going to be sizzling hot, plausibly live podcasting next week. All right, everybody. Have yourselves a great week. We will talk to you later. Show!